0: From chasing a fast 10K on the road to hunting down a marathon PB, Mizuno has you covered with the Wave Rebellion Pro. Built for speed, made to last the distance. Available now at Mizuno.com.au and selected running specialty retailers. Number two hundred and seventy-three of the Inside Running Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another week. Big show coming at you. I say it every week, but just talking off air before we started this one. Lots happened in the world of Australian middle and long-distance running over the last seven days. Obviously, we'll be, we'll be chatting about the Peter Bowe news. Um, we've got some race results to go through. Moose is five weeks out from a marathon, so hitting some meaty stuff in training. Kenyan cross-country champs happened. Few teams naming. There are world cross-country teams, Australian teams still not to be announced. We'll chat about that again. Uh, boys, welcome to episode number 273, Moose, the 214 man from Anglesey How are you going this week? I'm
1: pretty good, mate. I'm pretty good. There's been a lot happening. We know that. Uh, did you mention that on the intro?
0: I think I did, didn't I? It's <laughs> oh. happening. Sometimes
1: I tune out until I hear the 2.14 bit, then I tune in.
0: (laughs) You've been watching Instagram videos telling us off air. And I reckon I've just been tagged in exactly the same one. Someone just sent me a message saying, pretty sure this is Moose with all the tourists. So (laughs) you want to explain that? And
1: Adam just sent that over. She said, I think this is you. Um, And I'm like, very funny.
0: Caitlin Adams' interview coming up at the end of the show. I didn't mention that. That's the big sure. thing. Yeah.
1: That's the highlight here. That's
0: the highlight here. Third place at the World Cross Country Trials race last week. A bit of about an hour with her at the end of the show. So, a bit's happening. The other man, the 217 man from the Lake Biwa Marathon in Japan, Bradley Croker, welcome to you this week. How's Canberra? Yeah, good, good. Uh, got one more week of school holidays and then, yeah, back to work. I went in today, Croaks. The unit leader called an early day in. Come in and get your classroom sorted. I've started. Mm.
2: That's because that's you're like permanent
0: or on a contract or whatever it is. Yeah, back in the real world for me this year. None of this relief teaching anymore. Anyway, so I'm putting posters up, Brad. You'd love it. Times tables are up on the wall, spelling good, good. things. You'd, you'd like it in there, I reckon. Anyway, let's talk some running. Moose, you want to go first? Actually, you're back rolling, Craig. So I want to get to your week in a second, but we'll go to the man who is prepping for the Osaka Marathon in five weeks' time. Take us through Monday
1: through to Sunday, Moose. Yeah, I, this week I was pretty beat. It was my first decent long run, which is pretty scary now that you're telling me that it's only five weeks to the race. But last Sunday I went 34 and pulled up uh, a bit sore, a bit stiff. That afternoon, that Sunday Arvo, I spent a lot of time in uh, my um, Birkenstocks, just walking to the beach and took the dog for a walk in my Burks didn't feel like putting shoes on after a long run and so I got really sore calves Sunday night and into Monday Sore calves sore ankles I just don't have that range (laughs) that I used to in the ankle joint so I've got to be more careful about that can't be wearing uh like flat shoes just to to kick around in I ran with Berkey Chris Burke from Ballarat he's he was down at Holiday House, no not a house, I don't know what he does down here, Talky Came and met me for uh, 10K, so we just cruised around. I was pretty sore, he's pretty fat, so we that he called each other out. Then got up early for the next day was track workout. Felt really good for this. Although the calves are a bit tight, for some reason I just felt like I was uh, I was like up and about. Take me, it took me a couple of reps to get into it. Uh, so I stayed like we had a pretty good group, got there at 6 a.m. Normally, there's about 12 of us, but the triathlon group in town had decided we'll get out of the heat today. So, rocked up, there's probably 50 of them on the track.
0: Is that the oh. Beckworth mob moose?
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's
0: they're the all group. up in a in the weekend.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I big, saw them big and I'm group. like,
0: this is Moose's locals up here now. Yeah, that was them.
1: Yeah, so it's pretty odd doing a workout at 6 a.m. Well, by the time you do the workout at 6.30 with the track just full of people. And we're talking proper, like, we're talking lanes one and two pretty packed. And everyone's pretty courteous. Everyone's um, got the track adequate, pretty good. It's just, it's nice to have an open track. We all like that. Like, when I mean open, I mean free. So going early, like part of the benefit to that is a is a free track. So hopefully that's a one-off. I know they go normally on Tuesday, others. But uh, so I was running 1Ks. And we were doing about 310, and then the kickdown was to about 70, 72s. The 1K on, 2K, 200 jog, 400 on, 200 jog. So it was continuous workout the the group had a fair range to it so in the end it allowed the the guys that wanted to to pick it up a little bit could do that and then they would just jog a bit slower and the group would reconvene on on the jog section so you can do a good group set good good group workout with different paces uh within this workout it's just that the guys that go the fitter, the faster guys get more rest because they're finishing the rep earlier But in the end, I think we ran. I think we cut down a bit quicker. Me and Kieran, Kieran, um, he's going pretty well. He went up to Falls, ran a bit with Andy up there in um, Falls Creek. So we kicked down to maybe three, five or so, and then three minutes. And then I reckon I got the last rep, 66 maybe. I I I felt like I could do that all again. This was the first run in a while that I've finished or that I've been midway through and I was chopping bloke's heels. I felt like it was jogging. It was, it was a really odd feeling being in, super in control knowing that I had a lot left. Uh, it was a good feeling. I haven't had it for a while and it's a sign that fitness is creeping up because um, I got it a bit on the long run as well. This was
0: the one croaks. He was up and about, remember, that, that afternoon? Oh, yeah. In the group yeah. chat. But we Is can't. Very see, up, but we well, can't see your data, so I don't know if he's just talking shit. You know, he's up and about when he starts
2: writing comments on his uh, on his workouts. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm can you
0: change your privacy like, settings or something, Moose, so we can see it? I would have. I we, don't know. Yeah. I don't
1: know. How yeah, I you can't that. see
0: your splits or anything. You just I whatever you are writing. That's all we can see.
1: Yeah, I thought I did that. Um, I'll have to try it again. Because, yeah, I can see – but I get, I get kudos for it, but not that many. Yeah. So people can see the workout, but they can't see the map, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, you, when you click in it, you can't hit laps and see your splits.
1: Yeah, all right. Means all right. nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, jogged oh. – so what's happening now is I'm getting real tired and I'm jogging a lot slower. So five-minute pace just feels natural to jog at at the moment. So 50 minutes the next day, 55 the day after. uh, I went through some different areas on this day. I don't know why I did that, but I I ran some, like, I I didn't really have a plan when I went out the door, so I ended up running some different areas of the town. And then uh, workout on Friday morning. So we had a tempo. I ran with Ali and Kieran. Um, We, 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 Kieran and I ran to Ali's heart rate basically, so she's in control of the the workout. It was 20 minutes, and for her, the prescribed heart rate was 20 minutes at 165 beats max, 100, then 10 minutes at, no, sorry, then 15 minutes at 170 beats max, and then 10 minutes at 175 beats max. And her, th- for reference, her threshold, the last time that we um, did a test on her was about 175, 176. So she's basically finishing this workout at threshold and starting it underneath marathon effort. Uh, so we ran down Forest Road and then back. So it's um, hillier on the way back. Uh, the first 20-minute block, we averaged 338, And then... When we turned around we averaged 338 so we didn't change pace at all but the effort got harder because we were i don't know back uphill and getting more fatigued but then it's the next step up from 170 to 175 where we could really increase the pace uh which is 325 at the end so it was a good workout i mean it, it's kind of gray zone stuff for me it gave me a good indication of how 3:30 pace might feel for the marathon, and it, it feels pretty easy. Like that was a, an easy workout. Uh, the first 20 minutes, my heart rate was only 144, which is what I kind of jog at um, on a hilly run, and then 151, 161. Um, so, yeah, that was Friday, and then had a jog on Saturday, uh, went past the bird watchers. So I've worked it out. Mountain bikers, not that friendly, but I'll give them a pass because they're going so quickly and they've got to concentrate not to fall off. Uh, then you've got like bush bushwalkers tend to be pretty friendly because it's all real slow and they're having a good time out there. Other runners, probably the best outside, well the best bunch of people to run into on a trail. Um, school groups, always pretty friendly because they're bored as hell, so when you run past them, they're always up and about. But the worst group of people, birdwatchers slash photographers, and we cop it every like on this trail we run on, or that I ran on, out along the cliffs at this time of day. They're all out there. They're all old. They're all dressed like head to toe, like they're on some sort of safari. But really, they're only two minutes from their car, and they never work, walk more than like a kilometre um and they've all got their cameras out and they all they all situate themselves like right in the middle of the path like it's the most important thing in the world that they're getting a photo of this flower or orchid because they love orchids out there and they're just never happy people like they just um they don't even smile they don't get out of the way they like scowl at you as you go past and yeah, that's where that that's where that caption came from.
2: Well, moose are out there to, to um, snap photos of rare birds, and you're running through, scaring them off. Well, why don't they it, go
1: somewhere where it's there's like, not an open trail? It's like the kids
2: that are like swimming around when you're trying to catch fish, mm-hmm.
0: trying to pull in a cod, and then there's kids
2: jumping off boats.
1: Yeah, do you go fishing in the in the big popular area, or do you go fishing in the quiet zone?
2: Yeah, fishing off the wharf and kids are jumping in. You're not going to catch a fish. You two yeah, boats mate. would have
0: never been fishing in your
1: life, I don't reckon. I used
2: to, do a lot, used to do a lot of fishing. Yeah. Got a fair few broken down boat stories.
1: <laughs> You've got to take a boat out on the lake. Moose, lake are they Early locals
0: Grif- or are they people that drive there just uh, to no,
1: they're about? locals. Yeah. They're locals. So I can't give them too much of a spray because they probably have a mum. I think they <laughs> are your... the place locals. Yeah, they'll come back. It'll all come back to mum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a big long run on Sunday. So this road, Gentle Annie, it's a trail that goes between, like parallel to the Great Ocean Road, but in the hills just behind it, and it, it you can pretty much follow it all the way to Lorne if you take another road, and it's sort of Otway Forest. It's it's like it's it's solid running. Um, so it's it it's normally a really tough full drive type track, but since they got the fires out at Wire River, they've, they've got some like more fire break plans, I guess. So they looked after the roads more. And one of the things they did was grade Gentle Annie to make it drivable, which makes it a lot more runnable. So we went out there and we thought we'd um, do a big loop. So from Ali's house or the skate park area in Aries Inlet, we, we uh, warmed up sort of with a, a flattish area and then we hit Gentle Annie and um we climbed i think we well we started at sea level because we start at the beach basically and then our top point of the run was um about 400 meters i think or close to 400 just shy of and then you have to come back down but on the way there are some seriously steep areas like where the gradient is proper sharp um up near 20 percent on some of the climbs and it's it's pretty relentless as well there's not a lot of kind of false like there's not a lot of flats or plateaus it sort of goes up and then even the flat bit is still a false flat um but i was feeling pretty good on this one i think it was i think i've got a bit of fitness catch up catching up and um so i was pushing the pace a little bit at early uh there was Kieran is, is Kieran sort of come into fitness lately so he likes to likes to play the big dog up front as well at the moment and um we had a guest Charlotte Perdu was staying down at uh, her coach Nick Bedo's beach house and so she um she joined the run I think Ellie and her had a chat and said and Ellie said come along to the run so it was pretty cool having her there a, a cali- like a runner of the caliber of of Charlotte 223 um marathoner and yeah she i don't think she runs a lot of hills so this was pretty tough but she still run 30k and um and stayed with the front group the whole time pretty much we had a few weight points for the the group because it was a big group it definitely splintered uh and and running downhill was quite difficult because of how steep it was but yeah it was in the end um I ran for two hours 35, so that's a proper long run for me. 35.6K and 4.22 pace, which over those hills, uh, I'm not sure whether they give you like a gap pace for the whole run. It was like four, about four minutes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it would be about that. Like it felt solid. Oh 402s, yeah. Um, so that was a good long run, but yeah, it, 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 it didn't hurt me that much. But later in the day, I was tired, and today I was tired as well. So it it is, it does catch up to you. That's for sure.
0: It's a good week. Only 115, but a lot of quality in there. Says Charlotte did that at the end of a 200k week.
1: Yeah, I know. I saw that, and <laughs> I saw that and thought, "Geez, I would have been complaining way more <laughs> if that was me," because Ally was on the run and fuck, she was complaining a lot. And here's Charlotte next to her, not complaining at all. And I was thinking, geez, you live down here, Ali. Like, this girl's running more than you. She doesn't do hills. She just gets it done. And you're just whinging away. Maybe if you took a leaf out of Charlotte's book. Doesn't have a up.
0: child, though, does she, Charlotte?
1: No child, I don't <laughs> think. Makes no. it a bit
0: harder. Give that one yeah. to Ali. A few points there. Aaron Scott's cut you down in the comments here as well. You're having a bad time on Strava, Man, aren't you? Ulrich, you can't win one at the moment. Who was it? Ali got you about? last week, Croaks two weeks before that. We got and 700 Aaron Scott,
1: likes. He got eight likes.
0: No, he got, he got way more likes than you of his gag.
1: What did you say? At least he you got, got
0: 28 free. likes and I think.
1: How you know, is that living rent free? I asked Charlotte. I said, oh, I heard you on um Inside Jogging podcast. And she's like, what's that? <laughs> I said, oh, it's, uh, don't, don't worry about it. I said, oh, it's this podcast, um, you know, like, Clousey used to be on it. And then she's like, oh, Clousey, yeah. I said, oh, and Aaron. And she's like, who? I said, Aaron Scott. It's like, never heard of him. And then, <laughs> um, oh, there's bloke, Josh Lund. Like, never heard of him. So, yeah, it was quite funny. That's not living, that, that's not living. <laughs> I'm just liv- going with
0: but, the Strava comments. Yeah. He's
1: gotcha. Uh, all right, I'll pay him. He's he's got it. I mean, we all know the uh, we all know the truth about the podcasts. <laughs> We're lucky we let him keep the title, aren't we, Brady? Yeah,
0: you got it right. I'm going to talk about that in my weekly recap in a minute. But Croaks, you go first. Tell us about your Monday through to Sunday. Um, yeah, so I
2: had a, a decent week. Um, Monday, I'd had Saturday and Sunday off, and I had an MRI at around lunchtime on the Monday, so. I got out for an hour um i just wanted to uh run a bit longer because i had two days off plus if there was something wrong an hour might flare it up a bit more than if i just did 30 minutes um yeah so 425s for an hour actually felt pretty good um and pulled up well afterwards so when i went and had the scan i was like uh oh, it's probably not going to show anything too major if i can run for an hour and not really feel anything and, and not have it sort of pull up sore afterwards and spoke about it last week, um, got the scan back, um, no bone issue, um, a bit of edema uh, in one of the muscles down around the shin there, uh, which gave me a little bit more confidence in that I felt like I could push a little bit more, or, like not be afraid that I was gonna have a stress fracture or something like that. Um, so the next day got out for 45 minutes, four nineteens, and then Wednesday went back up to an hour. Um, 426s when I'm coming back I sort of like to alternate a little bit I, I find 45 minutes when I'm not that fit is a, is a sweet spot where I can feel pretty good for the whole 45 minutes um, and then an hour is a bit more of like a longer run I suppose and so just alternating between them um, just helps with the load uh, both of those all those runs up until Wednesday I might have felt like you know it's not a hundred percent but After I run in the morning, I pretty much don't feel it for the rest of the day walking around. So for me, that's a pretty good sign that, you know, it's way better than what it was because when it was flaring up, I wouldn't feel much during the run. But then once it cooled down, it was pretty sore. So I'm not having any of that anymore. So then on Thursday, I actually took Thursday off because um, we started up Friday morning um, group sessions and I wanted to actually test it with a bit of a light session. So I thought I'd take Thursday off. Got out of bed Friday morning. So we, we met for the session at 6.30. And um, when I got out of bed, my, like it was actually quite sore. Like the, the sorest it had been all week and that was after like a day off. So I'm like, ah, oh, not sure what's going to happen here. So I, was, I warmed up, first five to ten minutes was a bit niggly and then it completely went away. Uh, and so I jumped in with the sort of 17.30 to 18-minute 5K group and they were doing – five minute threshold, one minute slow jog, and then one minute, um, you know, reasonably hard, like between three and five K pace, followed by 75 seconds, you know, walk slash shuffle recovery. And they're doing that four times. So um, yeah, jumped in. So we're running basically 345 to 350s for the five minute rep, and then around sort of 320s to 330s for most of the one minute reps. Um, I think my last one was 315. Certainly wasn't sore, but I was a bit concerned that it might pull up pretty ordinary afterwards. Um, But I didn't feel anything for the rest of the day. And when I woke up on Saturday morning, it was like I didn't feel anything. Um, Whereas the morning before, I'd felt something, even though I'd had a day off on the Thursday. So uh, ran then, what I do on Saturday? Ran 45 minutes at 4.17s. And then on Sunday, I met up with um, Andrew McGowan. So he's back doing a bit of running. He was only doing 12K. So I ran 6K out with him, 6K back, and then continued uh, and made it an hour 15. So 4.26s, 17K. uh, Definitely started to feel my leg towards the end of this run. So felt like an hour 15 was probably my limit. Um, but I didn't feel it for the rest of the day and it's pulled up pretty well today. So I'm not 100%, but I'm I'm managing it. It's certainly not getting any worse. Um, yeah, so it was 81K week. It's a
0: good week. Put some intensity in there. Bit of a longer run. Ticking the boxes. Yeah. You got, like, you got rehab stuff to do for uh,
2: it? I'm just, like, I'm icing every every day. Like, as soon as I finish a run, I'm putting ice on it because when I finish the run, if I push... Like, pretty low onto my shin, it is quite tender, but as soon as I ice it, the pain like completely goes away. Um, so you're doing like you know, more like calf raises and stuff like that, fair bit of like massage, like in behind the shin, all the way up, sort of from uh down around the ankle, all the way up to sort of the knee, just to try and loosen off that part of my um, my shin. Um, yeah, so in the session, yeah, you know, it was sort of a half session, you know, like three. 345s to 350s like is not really running too fast, um, but it didn't flare up running, you know, sub 330 for a minute either. So
0: that, that's in, that's encouraging. I like that though. And then you just take it down. Like you just go 10 seconds quicker this week.
2: Yeah. So do a session tomorrow with the group. I think they're doing some like two-minute reps and one-minute reps. So I'll um, yeah, probably like look to run 320s to 330s for the two-minute reps. Um, yeah. We'll just see how that goes.
0: Good, good, good. What have we got? Four weeks until the cross-country, Bathurst? No,
2: I won't be racing. I won't the be racing the cross-country race. Country race. You've got to yeah, get in you were racing. You We're racing. Mate, I've, I've basically been on the sidelines for 12 weeks. I'm not going to go up there and injure myself.
0: How long was that workout you did? It wasn't like an 8K workout. You can run 6K cross-country. Yeah, averaging four-minute Ks. You know how many opportunities you're going to get to run on the World Cross-Country course? Yeah, this I, bet I'd I, bet you I prefer to
2: be... Further. I prefer, if, to be running, I prefer to be running in March, April, May, June, and July. I'm
0: not saying gas it from the gun croaks. I'm just saying just go run at 330 pace, 345s. We'll just see have how fun. My, Enjoy the course. We'll
2: see, we'll see how my leg goes. As you know, I said, he doesn't, it's
0: not he doesn't 100%. want to go head to head moose. He likes
2: the
1: ratio. Uh, doesn't like, like it, does he? If he's on the start line, it counts hey, as a race. You know his, you know his um, mantra? If it's not a PB, I'm not racing.
0: Cross country, it doesn't matter about PBs. This is a good opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Give it a couple weeks, <laughs> you a couple weeks croaks, talk you into I'll, it? Be in the,
2: I'll be in the media zone, mate. I
0: can't wear two hats at once. No, they're not in media for the golden ticket race croaks. That's the next day. I'll be
1: there. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to interview me after my race croaks? I
0: can. Yep. will you'll, like,
1: like you'll, be, you'll be the only
0: one there. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got, we got the accreditation. We will tell the listeners we've been approved for our World Athletics accreditation. Other than Bruce, well, Moose, 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 Moose did not get approved.
1: Oh, you said it was going to be. You said, "Oh, you got a couple of days. You better get it done." Yeah, on Friday. Put it, put it in my diary. I'm like, Monday, you're going to do this on Monday, and then it, um, then it said expired. I was like, "Fuck." Well, I can watch from the sidelines, I guess. I can shout questions out. You can potentially.
0: Um, Anyway, we'll talk about that a bit later in the app, maybe. World cross country stuff. Go through my weekly week quickly. 70 minutes on a Monday at 4:42s. Um, just jogging along after the long run, taking it easy. Bit of shoe dog chat in my comments. People writing comments on my Strava Moose because they're too scared to write comments to you.
1: So too scared.
0: Why resp- would they be too scared? My response was i like, you got the wrong person. I'm not sure why you're writing shoe comments to me about plantar fasciitis and what shoes is the best for that. So um, yeah, and then people are just like, yeah, too scared to go to Moose, so I'll just just try to go to me. So I found that interesting. Tuesday is that right? What run is this? Yeah, Monday, 70 minutes. look yeah, at this. 70 minutes. A few people wanting to know some plantar fasciitis. Shoe choice chats in there. Um, top shoe recommendation if it exists to run with a flared up planter. I just replied you know saying. Any? You wrong, know any good ones? said, wrong co-host mate, I'm the good looking one who doesn't know much about shoes. Think you're after Moose. And he said he was a bit, a bit intimidated by your Strava presence. Anyway, I did six by a mile on Tuesday at 312 average off 90 seconds jog really hot and sweaty. It was like someone had a tap running at the end there, just sweat dripping everywhere, you know, when you're trying to change out of your shoes and it's just dripping all over the road. That's what it was like here. Um, had to check the ego out, she got away from me and probably rep four. He's, he's going back pretty well after COVID, he's flying again and just had to make sure that I wasn't. You know when you're doing threshold stuff and you can change gear if you have to and sometimes you do that in training, but you just gotta be like, no, no, I'm in the right zone, don't go chasing someone that's what i'm dealing with on a tuesday morning at the moment um it's a good workout though. i like six by a mile you get some good mileage out of it it's like little...
1: heaps of mileage that's a big workout yeah yeah.
0: yeah. i think because it's only six you're like oh yeah it's only six reps but it's 10k worth of you know some quality work in there so that was good um, got out for 80 minutes on the wednesday at a 428 pace Thursday, a bit of a bridging workout. Because I was racing on Saturday, I just ticked the legs over with some 200s. Just kind of put 200 on my um, lap split on my watch and just kind of ran in a straight line. was kind of running 34s. Almost just like extension of strides, really. I just wanted to move at a bit of a quicker pace with a smaller workout that then wasn't going to give me much fatigue for the, uh, the next day and then the Saturday race. So that was a pretty light like workout Friday I did 65 minutes at 4 that's when I listened to inside jogging from last week so Josh was one of the guys who got trampled at the start of that Valencia race so actually hearing him talk about it um, it's pretty scary like thinking about like he just kind of said he had people on top of him and he couldn't get up and then people were also under him and he was kind of describing like the the squealing or the screaming from some of the people who were kind of like trapped and just yeah it was kind of it was, it was good insight to listen to, but hard to listen to. But um, yeah, if people want to check that out, that was on last week's app. someone who was actually there. And he kind of explained that all the sub-elite guys went forward as the elite guys were still doing their strides. And then when the elite guys came back to get on the start line, there was kind of nowhere for them to stand because the sub-elites were already on that front line. So then they had to like push them back and then it all just become congested. And then we saw what happened there. Um, Saturday morning, I got out for just 5k in the morning and then I did this team's triathlon in the afternoon. It's good. I love this event. It's like, it's a sprint triathlon. So I think they do 750 meters swim in the Murray river. They jump in where the old bridges and then they swim downstream to, um, where the houseboats and stuff or the, the paddle steamers dock. So like the port of Echuca, then they get out and then the bike rider goes, um, and then, yeah, I get to run at the end. Pretty technical course, like it's 5K, but a lot of turns. I think there was like 18, 20 kind of like right angle turns there. So you've got to lose a lot of momentum to get around those. Um, we were three minutes and 53 seconds down when it was my turn to run. And I pulled in the guy with about, oh, I'm going to say about 800, a K to go. Didn't think I was going to get him, but um, just got him. So we got the team win again, which was good. Second year, year in a in a row for the mixed so team boys.
1: So you caught a 20 minute 5k guy?
0: Yeah, I think he ran 21 minutes. And <laughs> the worst thing is, you also, the Did you te- give some lip as you went past? No, I was concerned.
2: Seen his, Seen his splits here Moose? You can see where I catch him, and <laughs> first, switch off first, a croaks. Uh, first K 304, fourth K 314.
0: <laughs> Yeah, because I caught him. I was like, show's over. I was cooked as well.
1: Uh, that's where you start warming the pies up.
0: And you can see croaks that I got back going again through the Port of achuca Like, it was like five people deep through there. People, because there's all the pubs. So all the locals who don't even know anything about triathlon or tourists or whoever's in the pubs, they just kind of roll out onto the street, I like the beer gardens kind of thing, and watch the race. It's really cool. It's a Could really you imagine cool the carry-on from him, Moose? It yeah, you know be, it's good you to know race in front of your, your hometown. Right now. Good to race in front of your hometown crowd. So um, yeah, it was good to get the win. I was uh, four seconds a K quicker than last year, boys. Last year, I averaged three fourteens on that course. This year, three tens. Tiny bit quicker course this year, though, but we went 400 metres longer. So I was happy with that. I was gassed, though. I was I was hurting in the cool down. Like five minute 30 Ks. Haven't ran that hard since, um, I guess, Valencia. is probably the last time I was on a start one. Um did you win? Uh we got three hundred bucks cash, which was good.
1: So Well between the four, you? Yeah.
0: Between the three of us. But then yeah, so it's Carly's G P who um and the kids G P who does the bike ride. And then it's Carly's physio who does the um the swim. So but we beat all the um the men's teams as well, which was good. It's pretty good. Oscar Reed, he came second overall. Big big result from Oscar. And then Archie did the full thing himself and came seventh. So um it was pretty big, heaps of, heaps of, I think the girl from Geelong won it, Moose, from Beckworth or whatever it's called, I don't have her name in front of me, but yeah, it's a good little country triathlon, it's, um, it's fun just to see people exercise, and, then, and they're so fit triathletes, aren't they? Like I'm walking to the start line from my car, like just thinking I'm going to get smashed because everyone here has a way better tan than me, they're way more toned, they've got all like vapour flies and stuff, like you really question your fitness when you're around triathletes because they really look the part. You know what I'm talking about, boys? They look good. Try. They do a lot of a lot of hours of training. They're very fit specimens walking around. It, yeah.
1: I mean you're in the it's I'm jealous of them being in the outdoor pool. What like, do you mean? Just working on like, the tans. Uh, yeah, they get to be out like this the tan from on their back would just be so good.
0: Yeah, okay. If that's what you're into, getting the body looking brown. You're,
1: you're clearly brown into it. You you just mentioned how much you love seeing
0: yeah, it yeah they look they look good they look like they're pretty fit anyway not a, not a great sport for a family man though oh yeah plenty of much hours time. they're pretty friendly though you feel bad because the teams start um we start four minutes behind the individuals so by the time it hits the run leg like those poor guys have they've swam and they've rode their bike and then i get to come in fresh for the run and you're kind of coming up the back of them so um yeah it's a
1: sprint triathlete right? sprint triathlon yeah
0: remember that sam to won one at one year your mate Oh, did he? Yeah, he came over and won it one year. Yeah. Um, Then Sunday I got out. I went at seven because it was going to be hot, but I was still cooked. It was almost like I felt like I was doing a double, like 7 p.m. race, 7 a.m. long run. The Doms got me. I averaged 4.45, so two hours and five minutes. Just wasn't covering the ground well and knew I wasn't covering the ground well. So I just said, this is the pace I'm running today. Don't even look at any pace. Just stay on your feet for two hours and five minutes. Listen to um, the Coffee Club podcasts. And this, like, yeah, other business investing kind of one and just switched off and just got the time in. So, um, yeah, it's probably the slowest long run I've done in a while. But we've got it done, 122K for the week. Got to start, um, got to start getting a bit of fitness if I'm going to be competitive with you and Moose at uh, Bathurst Croaks, even though you're mm-hmm. just telling me you're not running. When in trouble, double. That's what I'm in, enforcing this week. Doubles are coming back. Need to pump, <laughs> pump that up to 140. Otherwise, Where did you
1: hear that? When in trouble, double.
0: Christian. He taught me that one. Oh yeah, it's, it's working a treat. Taught me that one, so I reckon I'm going to be on the Christian Uruks and when in trouble double plan, and um, yeah, because imagine if if Moose beats me at Bathurst, Croaks going to be hearing about it all year.
1: Well, I'm the favourite at the moment. Oh yeah,
0: you'd be paying like a dollar ten, I reckon.
1: But yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, yeah, must be favourite. Oh, sure,
0: favourite. Especially with a few weeks under his belt. How far is the race? Is it 6K? six? k six.
1: Yeah, that's not favourite from that's that that hurts me.
0: You reckon? It's six yeah. cross country, so that's probably closer to like eight to ten fitness wise.
1: We'll see. I, it's been a while since I've beaten you.
0: Yeah, I know. Yep. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll do that. Let's talk about uh, some Patreon supporters, fellas. Kick it off, croaks. All Who right. you I've, got, first?
2: I've got Eric Elnen Garnvik from Stavanger, Norway. Uh, he ran 94.04 at the 2022 Stavanger Half Marathon and three hours 40 at the 2021 Valencia Marathon. Um, I think he does some triathlons because he has an awesome Strava profile pic of him finishing some Ironman event where they're running on that um, like blue carpet. Mm. Uh, does some running with the pram and like most Norwegians, there are photos of his Lactate Pro on Strava. Uh, he's also a physiotherapist and strength and conditioning coach so thanks for your support eric
0: now the one with high iq physiotherapists i so don't hand out mm-hmm. those degrees to um to people who aren't smart correct moose who you got
1: uh, i got johnny lacy so from clifton hill victoria which is pretty um hard to get suburb really like you got to be pretty wealthy if you own in there but i'm not sure about renting originally from london has run 17.58 at the Maribyrnong Park Run, 37.48 for 10K at the 2022 Sandy Point Run and 87.46 at the 2022 Melbourne Half Marathon. Oh, I think he's uh, 10K is the best there. What do you boys think? 10K? That and
0: five stack up pretty well, don't they?
1: I reckon the 10.
0: Double plus two minutes for the 10.
1: I'm taking the 10. I'm taking the 10.
0: Okay. That's a fast park run too, that one, isn't it? Maribondong?
1: Yeah, it's where Liam Adams he normally runs pretty quick, I think. Yeah.
0: Yep. I'm going to thank Dan Wehan from uh, St. Kilda East. PBs of 16.54 for 5K, 34.20 for 10K, 75.22 for the half marathon and 238.44. He did that at Valencia Marathon 2022 because I walked to the start line with him. Dan, he was wearing Inside Run and Podcasting that day too, boys, repping the brand over there in Spain. Um, he is a surgeon working in Geelong, so another high IQ listener. His family dog breed is a Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever. Does that make sense to you, Moose? Did I announce that correctly?
1: <laughs> that That's Scotia. a pretty niche one. I... <laughs> No, nope. <laughs> no, that's a place in like Canada, right? Yeah, it is. The yeah. bank's named
0: after them too, isn't it? Or a car brand or something. Anyway, do you know what kind of dog that is?
1: No, I never heard of that. Before. The dog's called Nova.
0: Um, he's also a Carlton supporter. He's geared up for a Rotterdam Marathon 2023, and a photo on his Strava drinking beers with Sinead after she broke the Australian record at a bit of an after party in Valencia that day, where Toby and Christian were also. And it's also Dan's 30th birthday on Wednesday. So happy 30th birthday, Dan. Thanks for supporting the show. Good luck for the build-up for Rotterdam. Thanks to all our Patreon supporters. Bonus content coming soon. Waiting on a few races announcements so we can build a Road 2 series. Caught up with Toby and Christian. What was that, boys? Maybe two weeks ago? We'll try to do yep. that monthly from now on to get those two bad boys on the uh, on the airways once a month. Hear what they're doing. Heaps I'm missing of, uh, them,
1: actually. They're good together. They're good, aren't they? They're
0: good. I'm missing them as well.
1: How about Chris o not buying him beers and mm-hmm. and and just and Toby calling him out on it? I like that.
0: Yeah, that was good. It goes a bit off the rails, that show, though. It goes a bit off the rails. Are those spikes really 400 bucks that he was talking about on that show? Those assets yeah. ones?
1: Yeah. Well, they're not yeah. even spikes, really, are they?
0: Yeah. What are you going to wear? Bathurst moose Spikes.
1: Oh, I don't think I'm wearing spikes. I think it's I pretty hard think. course. Yeah. Uh, that's a risk. It's a week out from the oh, marathon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to wear them. I'm going to wear like a... Uh, Change the odds, Crocs.
0: Change the odds. I'm spiking up.
1: Yeah. I'm not. I, I, maybe the New Balance shoe that I wear for cross-country, the, the, oh, the yeah. first version of the RC. They yeah.
2: were good. You I'm, still um, got, uh, I've still got No, I, I, I put a lot of Ks into those.
0: I reckon mine have got less than 100. Mine are still good.
1: Uh, yeah, take them up.
0: Take take I did like out.
2: heaps of I did heaps of sessions out at Mulligan's in them are perfect throughout there
0: yeah yeah if you were doing yeah. sessions on the tan that'd be good wouldn't they like that kind of slippy sand
1: are there footwear rules around cross-country
0: no, surely not in the golden ticket rule uh, race there is though isn't there I saw Dave Monty well, tweeting some stuff on the weekend I, I'm
2: pretty sure the like the road shoes uh, like so if they're legit on the road you can wear them for cross-country
1: mm. That's what I thought too, actually. And I saw the Dave Monty tweet and I was like... Huh. He corrected
0: it though later.
1: Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yeah. When I read that, I'm like, I think he's got this wrong, but it's Dave Monty. I'm going to let him... I'm not going to call him out on Twitter about I think it. he
0: was saying it was the US cross-country rules, but then they weren't applying that. They were going with the world athletic rules. Yeah. Something yep. like that. Yeah. The Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro builds on Mizuno's rich history of creating the fastest sprint spike in the world to deliver a propulsive racing shoe made to last the distance. Combining a carbon infused wave plate with a maximal Mizuno Energy Light Plus Midsole, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro is here for your next PB. Available now at Mizuno.com.au and selected running specialty retailers. Be sure to listen to the next Shoe Geeks episode to hear from Mizuno Global's product manager, Shansuki Ao, as he dives into the story behind Mizuno's Wave Rebellion Pro. Anyway, boys, let's get to the running news. Croaks, kick us off with the Pete bowl um, positive drug EPO news. Yeah.
2: So I think what we'll do is um, I'll read out the uh, report from or the press release from Athletics Australia about it, and then um, – Brady, right. I think you'll read out Pete's uh, Instagram post and then Moose will read out a tweet from uh, his coach, Justin Rinaldi and then we can have a have a discussion after that. Um, so Athletics Australia has provisionally suspended 800-metre runner Peter Bowl after an adverse analytical finding, otherwise known as an AAF, was detected in an out-of-competition doping control test on the 11th of October 2022. Sport Integrity Australia informed Athletics Australia on Tuesday the 10th of January that Peter's A-sample from the test had returned an AAF of uh, uri-through-poietin receptor agonist, which is another word for EPO. Uh, Peter was informed by both Sport Integrity Australia and Athletics Australia of the finding on the 10th of January 2023. This means he will not be permitted to train at a national, state or club level, compete at any level, coach, receive funding, use official or member facilities or hold a position with a sporting organisation. Under the Australian National Anti-Doping Policy, the athlete is entitled to have their B-sample analysed. They're also entitled to a fair hearing process to determine whether or not an anti-doping rule violation has been committed and if so, the appropriate consequences." So that came from Athletics Australia last Friday,
0: I think it was. Yeah, it was Friday about 4.30 p.m., wasn't it? Yeah. This came from Pete on Instagram. It is critically important to convey with the strongest conviction that I am innocent and have not taken this substance as I am accused. I ask that everyone in Australia believe me and let the process play out. When I found out last week that the A-sample from a urine test taken on the 11th of October had tested positive for synthetic EPO, I was in total shock. To be clear, I have never, in capital letters, in my life purchased, researched, possessed, administered or used synthetic EPO or any other prohibited substance. I voluntarily turned over my laptop, iPad and phone to the Sports Integrity Australia to prove this. I have requested the analysis of my B-sample, which will take place in February. Given the subjective nature of interpreting this kind of test, I have asked that the lab perform a secondary confirmation. Above all, I remain hopeful that the process will extronate me. My career, hopes, and dreams are literally hanging in the balance over these next few days, and I ask everyone to respect my privacy as I remain provisionally suspended. Please make all media inquiries to my manager, James Templeton. And then Moose's coach came out, Justin Rinaldi.
1: Yeah, so that's his coach. He uh, tweeted, I can 100% confirm that Pete has never even considered taking a performance-enhancing drug, let alone inject himself with one. We have always been open and transparent in regards to our training and will continue to do so. All we can do is trust in the process and be open and honest.
0: So the last one, you can't really do that, can you? You can never one hundred percent confirm that somebody else has not done something, well, no, uh, unless you're with them twenty four seven. So we well, we'll put a line think, through that one?
2: Yeah, and um, Justin, I believe, commented on a Let's yeah. Run uh, forum saying that it was a poor choice of words um, because, yeah, you can't, you know, one hundred percent confirm what another person has done or, you know, he's so. left the tweet
0: up though? He hasn't pulled the tweet down.
1: Yeah. There's a few things to unpack. So you've started with one, and, and I think we should do it so this doesn't turn into, like, a bit of a shit fight. Um, so from a, from a coach's standpoint, why don't we just address that right now? So you've sort of said, oh, you can't confirm. Pete's never even considered taking – I mean, we have to be realistic when we make comments. Surely, obviously, that's sort of maybe a little bit off the cuff, sort of passionate uh tweet that he's put out but uh, like i'm sitting here now coaching an athlete who's been to the olympics and i have no idea what she's doing in her house right now so you cannot control someone let alone control what they've considered doing or not <laughs> um so it, i don't like the tweet i don't think it's a good statement to be making because if you're making statements like that like it, it, it brings into call all the other statements that you make. Um, and so, so, yeah, like that's my, that's my issue with saying something like that.
0: Clean up for me. You guys know more about this than me. and You were the first people I kind of spoke to when I heard the news to kind of put it in simple man terms for me. Um, the difference between EPO and synthetic EPO?
1: Well, EPO is produced naturally by the body. Um and synthetic EPO is taken to i guess boost or increase um, your e- your EPO levels so it's it's like a there 's markers in it that someone that these labs can test for to indicate if you 've produced the EPO naturally or you 've taken the artificial EPO and that 's always through an injection
2: mm Okay. and and one of the big problems is because he's tested positive to Epo it's a lot harder to I guess clear his name especially if the B sample comes back as positive as well because the only way of getting EPO in your system is basically through injecting yourself whereas if it was a if you know if it was a banned stimulant for example you can probably claim that you know you accidentally took you know some supplement or you took it was con- con- Conta- contaminated food potentially.
1: Yeah, we've Whereas, seen it. We've seen it a lot, haven't we? We've seen Alberto Contador eating the contaminated steak, uh, and then you've seen like people claim burritos contain meat that with high in nandrolone, like the uh, yeah, the steroid hand yeah, case. The steroid
2: stuff. But e- and, yeah, but the problem is EPO is not in food. It's basically you, right. you know, in, you inject it. Um, so it's that makes different. it a lot harder to, uh, yeah, I guess, clear your name, especially if the B sample comes back. And, and I, I don't know why they do it. I'd love, I'd love to talk to somebody who's involved with, like, drug testing. But, like, why not, like, let Pete know, let Athletics Australia know that his A sample has come back positive. Obviously, he can't compete at that point. But don't make it public. Go and get the B sample tested as well if the B sample comes back negative, so that both the A and the B, then it gets publicly announced because like if, because if if, obviously if the B comes back negative, he's going to be fine and cleared, but there's still like, it's still going to damage his reputation. Like it doesn't matter what happens from here. He'll be on a start line and people will be going, oh, that was the guy that had the positive A sample, but then the B sample somehow miraculously, miraculously was negative. Like, you know, whereas you can avoid that by going the A sample and the B sample have both tested positive, now he's, now he's banned. So, yeah, I don't know why they do, do it this way.
0: Well, um, wouldn't there be that much trust in the A sample, though? Like, the same thing. I've got no idea how they go about it, but I'm, I'm assuming they are very, very strict protocols to test these samples, and they analyze this stuff very, very thoroughly, and these are very, very smart people. That then make the call on this to be like we've got it. It's this is the A sample. We believe our test. We've this is the consequence now. Yeah. We don't need, we don't need to get the B. Like we are, yeah. and it's very rare the B comes back any different than the A. Like when do we? Because that's I feel like that's a situation now. Like it's wait for the B. Bought some time, um, but we're really saying it's there's been a human error in the lab. Is that one option or? He's been injecting synthetic EPO. That's the second option. They're the only two outcomes we have here in FEB. And both of them are terrible for the sport. Because if the lab's making mistakes, then what can you trust about catching or not catching people? And then if the pin-up boy of Australian track and field is using synthetic EPO, well, the sport's very dark day for the sport as well. Mm. Like there's no win. There's no winning outcome yeah. that's going to happen in FEB, is there? Like, The and sport's screwed or the testing system isn't up to scratch.
1: I think a lot of people are are realizing the uh, clear cut kind of nature of what you just presented. It's like, it's either a lab error or he's doping. There's no in between. Mm. And, and so there's been a lot of emotion around it and, and the old, there's been two arguments or two like um, supportive type, arguments um, from people in the media and perhaps other athletes who are associated with Peter about, um, like, uh, why they think he's innocent or whatever. Um, And one of them is that he's a really good guy. We could never see him doing that. Now, we have to look at facts. Um, He can be the best guy in the world, but good guys still make mistakes like that. Like, how many... How many good guys and girls do you know that have cheated on their, their wife or their husband or their girlfriend? Um, I think that's like morally um, you can present as a really clean, cut, nice person, but you can still make some terrible mistakes in life. Um, and so I, I, I just don't have much time for that type of argument. Um, I think we need to be a lot more fact-based with it. We need to take the emotion away.
2: And you guys would have seen the news article where supposedly he'd had 20 tests between October and that um, uh, 10th of January that had all come back negative. But even that's not necessarily a defence because I don't think Lance Armstrong ever failed a drug test but then came out and admitted to, to taking drugs. So why can't they, use that excuse at why all. Why would they but-
0: test him that amount of times in that, like October to Jan, not a, what's that, four months yeah, like seven, seven okay.
2: basically seven times, seven times a month. He was getting if tested. That's, yeah, if that's true. Like that's, a, that's a lot. Well, um, yeah.
1: Who knows? Who knows? Sometimes, All that stuff's
0: kind of yeah. That's that's. You just got to go back that's... to the basic facts, don't you? He's got it yeah. in the system. We're not sure how the beard sample's going to show. Um,
1: yeah, yeah that.
0: But there's a lot of there's a, there's that narrative in the media at the moment.
1: There is, and there's it's it's almost like. Oh how how this is so unfair on Pete! How is the how is the lab fucked up and it's a flawed system? And it's the kind of same playbook as what we saw from Shelby Houlihan with the burrito case, and and I believe they even have the same legal defense sort of team working on it. So if you're seeing some familiarities there, mm-hmm. it it it's because they like it's the same people kind of writing the statements and pulling the strings here.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like American obviously, guy, we hope. That? I read that today.
2: Like obviously, you know, it'd be ideal if the B sample came back as negative, and then like, but then obviously the um, the the people that are doing the drug test, they'll be the ones that then will have to explain. Well, how do you get a positive in the A sample and a negative in the B sample? Like that's, you know, because because as you know, like when you're doing a drug test, that's like you do one sample and it gets split between two bottles, so it's it's the same sample. So if it comes back you know, positive in the A and negative in the B, that would almost indicate something like they've stuffed up in the lab.
1: I, I, no, I think there is like the potential for tests to show false positives. I'm not sure of the, like the the probability of that happening here, but it's not even human error. It's just part of the sampling process is that occasionally there's error. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's really what Pete, Peter and the team are relying on has happened, or not that they're relying on it, but um, that's kind of their their best hope for this B sample to come out clean is is that the A sample was a false positive. Uh, but there's historically been very, very few examples of that happening. And most of the time, if your A sample's positive, your B sample is also positive.
0: Was one famous one, though, Moose, Burnsley Gat?
1: Yeah, and I didn't do much deep dive in this. I believed it was EPO, but I thought it might have been blood values rather than um, synthetic EPO. Was yes. Mm. So I'm not sure of the exact details of that. Um,
2: Same manager as Pete, Mm. James Templeton,
0: who was in that, Yeah, yeah, press release. Also, the manager of uh, David Radishaw, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's been interesting watching the the media the social media and to see athletes be very quiet on this at the moment. Like, yeah, bro, that was
0: one of my what, points here. Is yeah, it that good or bad, like that we've seen nothing from the like prominent Australian middle distance distance runners. We think everyone's just waiting for the B.
1: I think everyone's waiting, but I also think it's all it's a sign that he was kind of well loved in the distance running community, and that. Um, He might say he gets his B sample is is positive as well, and he gets banned for four years or whatever. Uh, They're probably just because there is friendships there, they just stay quiet and let it pass over rather than come out and um, be quite firm in their uh, what do you say? What do you call it? Like, um, uh, like denouncing it.
0: Yeah, it goes both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, you offer a lot of support now and kind of back him, or you, or you call him out and say. Um,
1: and yeah, yeah, off record, I've spoken to a lot of athletes who have been on teams with him, and have, um, and I guess have know him, and most of them say, I can't believe it. A like I, I, I can't believe that it's happening, but they're also quite smart about it and and go. Well, it's very hard to see any other um, possibility other than that he cheated, based off the circumstances of the the drug found and 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 the testing involved.
0: Yeah, fourth at the Olympics, Australian record holder, mm. and and the man who broke through to the mainstream, like. I think at the time when he made that final at Tokyo Olympics, we were all in lockdown. Every man and their dog was cheering for him in Australia. I remember working at school and people like, everyone knew him. Like, he's the name. I was at school today and people asking me, what do I think about the situation? Like, um, they don't do that when a Kenyan gets popped or a Russian or an American. Um, mm. Yeah.
2: But I think it was so- important for us tonight to be consistent though because, you mm. know, we can't come on here, like knowing how sort of harsh we've been when, other athletes from other countries have tested positive we can't come on here and say oh there's got to be a mistake because that wouldn't be doing a service to our sport either so obviously we've got to wait till the b sample comes back um but we and and that's why even more reason like don't make it so public until the b's also positive because like as i said his reputation you know his reputation will never be the same, even if the B sample comes back negative. Which means, question for you, boys: if it comes back negative, the B sample, can he sue somebody for um, his reputation being tarnished as a result of this? I have no that, idea.
1: Yeah, that is a very good question because his reputation is cooked. Mm. It, it like, I guess Bernard Lagat, there's been enough sort of water under the bridges twenty years now that we don't really think doper as soon as we hear his name we hear longevity or we hear range like they're the sort of things we think of uh whereas like Pete has got it's just it's just with him now this headline is with him and it's unfortunate i mean when i say it's it's only unfortunate if his b sample comes back negative like it's not unfortunate if he if, if if both samples are positive and there's like no question that he's doped. That's um that's not unfortunate at all. He 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 deserves everything that he gets.
0: Yeah, yeah. Watch well, this space. See what happens in Feb um then that kind of led to well we think we don't know but there's been a delay in the world cross-country team being announced we're kind of speculating who was going to make up those last three spots on the men's and women's team last week and i think we'll talk on monday night about the team probably being announced already um by the time this went on to itunes spotify on the wednesday but it's now yeah jan 23rd Mm. monday night and still no news there Um, here in whispers, there could be appeals here in whispers. It could be because they don't want to name it. Um, close to the bowl news. No, it is that. Is
1: that. It is that that. like, there's there's no question. They're not releasing appeals. I I
2: reckon there would have been an appeal too, possibly.
1: Okay. Well, I don't know. The athletes
0: know though, don't they? The
1: athletes know. Yeah, they do. Which
0: is, which is fine. As long as the athletes know. Imagine sweating on that for like 10 days.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to plan training as well because it's so close. Yeah, but that's there's precedent for that. I think what I think that yeah, the plan is to let the the storm blow over, and then the athletes that are actually on the team they can um, be celebrated without all the cloud over it, the top of it.
2: And I think yeah. we've I think we've all come around because when I first saw an announcement that we you know or a press release saying that we're not announcing. The world cross team due to you know what happened the day before which was the pete bowl news and like oh you know what they can't do two things at once but um yeah it makes sense i suppose to celebrate the people that have made um world cross as opposed to just doing it
0: straight off the back of pete
1: yeah i'm with you i actually came around as well and i i think it's a better decision by by aa to do that
0: yeah as long as the athletes know um Adelaide 5K. There was a 5k over there. Some quick times. Riley Cox got the win, 1412. Max Stevens second, 1420. And Daniel Canala. Haven't heard his name for a while, but good to see his back in 1424. Isabel Hume, she won the women's in 1652. Sophie Hilpala was second in 1653. So that would have been a close finish. Brooke Hines, third, 1657. And then Croaks, the U.S. had their cross-country trials for the team at Bathurst. No big names, yeah. but still some fast times.
2: Yeah, so I'll go through, I guess, top six for uh, women and men. So Edna Kergat uh, won the race in 32.07. McKenna Morley, 32.24. Emily Durgan, 32.27. Uh, Emily Lapari was fourth in 32.32. Uh, Wiani Kaladi was... 5th thir- uh, in 32.39 and Katie Izzo was 6th in 32.40. Uh, men's race Emmanuel Bohr got the win 28.44. Andrew Colley 2nd in 28.48 Anthony Rotich 3rd in 28.49. Leonard career 28.49 for 4th. Sammy Chalenga 28.49 for 5th and Dylan Magard was 6th in 28.49 as well so obviously a sprint finish for those places but I did write up here that Like, I reckon I know out of those 12, maybe four or five names sort of rung a bell with me um, because the people that I thought would have run uh, would have been maybe um, all the Bowman athletes. So at least Cranny, um, Carissa Schweitzer, uh, Courtney Frerichs, uh, and then you've got the likes of Emily Sisson. Alicia Monson, who's um, with the On Athletics Club. And then from the men, you've got Grant Fisher, Scott McGordy, Klecker, Connor Mance, Willie um, Kincaid, Cooper Teer, Cole Hocker, Nico Young. So, like, there's, you know, and those are the names that I, if if you ask me who are the big names of USA Distance Running, the ones that I've just announced are the ones that I recognize um, over the ones that are actually in the team, which is um, a little
0: bit disappointing. Sports? Yeah, I don't think they rate World Cross. I think if you look at the Denmark results, same thing. It's not that deep. Um, and men rarely race anyway, do they? They like doing their time trials, hitting their times, and then peak for the championships on the track.
2: Do you reckon it's because all their bonuses are attached to track and there's yeah. absolutely nothing in there for cross-country?
0: I think these guys look at this and go, okay, so you want me to fly to the other side of the world to come potentially 25th to 35th? In a cross country mm. race that gives me no money and it's going to muck around my training. It's like I think it's similar to the Morgan McDonald situation, like why he didn't want to come and do it. It's still disappointing though, like because
2: you know we hear about how world cross country is like the hardest race in the world to win because you know you get six top runners from every single country, and there's no way that US are sending their best team.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking up who was their team. Um... Denmark.
1: They've, they've had, they've had. I'm not sure Denmark, but I know in the past they've had like Chris Derrick's run a few, back, uh, you know, a few years back. I remember Scotty Bowes ran. Um, I don't. Has Galen Rupp won run many World Cross?
0: Good question. I know
2: they
1: had oh. 33rd and
0: 34th in Denmark. Shadrach here I... and uh, Ken Abini. I reckon they're both going to the marathon.
2: I definitely think having it in australia has hurt um like hurt maybe the depth because people just don't want to travel this far when they've got other goals whether it be indoors or whatever like no doubt i reckon if um if it was in europe then ingebrigtsen's probably running it um or if it's in europe some of these other us guys are probably going to uh you know try and make the team
0: What we do know, though, there'll be good, six good Kenyans, Ethiopian, Ugandans, air trains. Like it's still a yeah. hard race to win. There's 24 legit people just there.
2: Yeah, and look, guys like Lenny Career and Sam Chalanga, like they're they're decent runners, and they finish fourth and fifth. And even um Sammy, I raced finish,
0: him as Adepec one year. When I say raced, I stood on the start line with him, and he lapped me. He's been to Australia before. Six low a low
2: 27 minute 10k guy. Hmm.
0: So yeah, yeah, still quality guys, just not the big high profile ones. Mm-hmm. Their course looked really easy too. Did you see that? They were talking about you can wear super shoes on it. That's what we're talking about with that Dave Monty thing. Yeah, it just looked windy. Did it? Yeah, I didn't see the actual footage. Just saw some photos of it. Uh, then Kenya had their cross country champs as well. Moose, not really this relevant because they've already had their World Cross Country Trials. But some big Kenyans getting around here.
1: Yeah, I'll rip through them then. Um, Ruth Chapin which is a famous name, thirty-two fifty-six. What's she done?
0: She isn't she like two fourteen?
1: Yeah, I reckon she's the yeah. good girl. Yeah, Sheila, she's Sheila,
0: real legit. She won the world she, champs, didn't she?
1: Yeah. Well, she back
2: she actually backed up after winning this and ran ran the um, relay and won that as well.
1: What in a relay team? Yeah, <laughs> um, second place. Oh, she's won this close. Sheila Chepkerui thirty two fifty eight, and then Zena Chimutai thirty three oh six. In the men's race, Charles... Le- this looks difficult. This must be difficult because these aren't fast times for these girls and boys. Charles Lekir ran 29.16 or very close with Isaac Cabette, 29.16 and Dennis Kemengetich ran 29.23. Probably
0: 3,000 metres above sea level, Moose. Yeah, Kemengetich won the Doha, Moose, when you were there. Girls race. You would have watched her go past. And then she uh, ran 2.14 in Chicago. Remember she took out... um. She was leading Pat Tienna for the first five games. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she, she would have actually yeah. broken the world
2: record if she probably paced it. It
0: was a bit more conservative early. Yeah, yeah. Gee, she's won mm. some marathons Chicago, Nagoya, world champs.
1: You reckon she's the favourite at uh, World Cross? She's
0: won Paris Shaft in the you,
1: team. Is she going to
0: World Cross? <laughs> G'day. She'll be there. We'd have to go. We'd have to go back. I don't reckon she was. I don't reckon she was in that trial. Yeah, but I don't think their trial carried that much weight. I think that's why they're still rocking up to this one too. Yeah, no.
2: I read it. So where I got these results from the World Athletics was basically saying that the World um, Cross Country Champs teams already selected based on the trials, but the people that ran well here were going to some other gold label cross country meet.
0: Oh, okay. You'd know. Mm -hmm. Actually, maybe I'm thinking about Ethiopia and G'day.
2: Yeah, I think that might have been the case. Yeah.
0: Listen to question croaks.
2: Uh, Yep. Hey, guys. had a question about keeping up good training while traveling. I have to travel a fair amount for work, and it always seems to knock me around. But in the past, I've heard you guys talk about traveling and manage to keep up good training and not pick up any little injuries in the process. would love to get some tips on what I could be doing better to keep the body fresh and maybe even a discussion on what type of shoe is best to take if you're going for multiple days but want to travel light. Thanks, as always, and keep up
0: the good work. Uh, That question comes from Supreeth long longtime supporter, long time listener. Jack Davies run to PB coaches him. Saprith.
1: Shut up, mate.
0: <laughs> Runner PB plug for the day. Haven't got a big coaching announcement next week, Moose. New coach coming on board. An NCAA champion coming on board. So Saprith over in the US will know this name. Anyway, won't talk about that yet. Uh, well I've got first one, Saprith. Don't drive long distance long stretches. Whenever I go to Melbourne for a race, which is three hours, I try to get out every hour and just do a little, like, two-minute jog, just stretch the legs, just do a bit of a power walk, a jog. You look like a bit of a meathead in the car park of a servo or something, just jogging in, um, you know, a minute out, a minute back, but I find that works well for me when I'm traveling like that. I'm not sure if you mean, like, on-the-day travel or actually, like, traveling um, back-to-back days. Mm. But that's one thing I do if I'm ever sitting in the car. Because that time I cooked my hammy. Remember when I drove back from Sydney in one day, boys?
1: I remember. Yeah,
0: it took me like six weeks to get over that hamstring. Um, And yeah, that was because I sat down it for too long. So get out, stretch your legs. Yeah, you're going to get there a bit later, but it's going to help you in the long run. What do you boys got?
1: Yeah, I love the question on shoes. So I'll answer that one. Um, Having a versatile shoe in your shoe closet or your, your shoe quiver is pretty important, for, Like I think, because if you're going to travel, say you get carry-on luggage, whatever, you need to take one shoe, and you're going for four days. Within that four days, you've most likely got a long run and you've most likely got a workout as well as two jogs. So you need something that can handle the, the, the easy running as well as going long, but if you want to go a bit quicker on your workout day, you can't. So that's there's a certain type of shoe out there, or is that like the the do it all Mr. Versatile? And um, yeah, I really like that. I used to I travelled around America for like well, I'm going to say twelve weeks or something. Ran two no even more maybe sixteen weeks with ran two marathons, ran trail r- runs, soup like ran everywhere. One type of shoe didn't have any type of race shoe any type of trail running shoe. I just had one shoe. It was a Socony Invara, which was the most versatile shoe that ever existed. But nowadays, there's a couple more out there that you could um, probably do better than that one with.
0: Mm-hmm. Craig's, what do you offer for
2: travelling? Um, I think just, like, if you're travelling for work and, you know, you're in a new city, new country, um, there's jet lag involved, like, just lower your expectations a little bit. Like, don't go overseas, like, for work expecting that training is gonna be perfect. Like focus more on just getting out the door, being consistent, the sessions don't need to be amazing, run more to effort. Um, I find Strava is a really good tool for finding like place, like you can see in a new city, like where the popular places to run uh, in terms of like trying to find a session to maybe do K reps or um, I often, if if I know athletes are traveling, I try and find sessions that are quite manageable. So, and especially if they're only traveling for a short period of time, like, you Know some hill reps, you know, assuming the place has a hill or some one minute reps because you don't need a lot of real estate for those sort of sessions as opposed to you know a massive long tempo running through a city. So, um, yeah, lower your expectations, focus more on consistency, run more to effort, um, and yeah, do manageable sessions.
0: Yeah, because travel brings stress. Yeah. So, like if you're someone banging out 100 Ks every week and then you've got to travel and try fit the train in. Just adjust that to like 75, 80 because that extra stress is what that twenty five k takes out of you. Hundred yeah. percent,
1: yeah. But yeah. how good's running when you travel? Part best of best way to
0: see a city, isn't it?
1: Love it. I love getting. I love doing the research, planning your run out. Like you said, Croaks. Get on Strava, see the best routes. Chances are, the best running routes take you through the best part of the city, and you're going to get views. You're going to get the parks. Um, You're going to go through, like, iconic landmarks. So, like, think about it. You go to – let's just use America as the example. You're in L.A. Oh, okay, we're running the hills, maybe up behind Hollywood. That's always going to be big on Strava. Santa Monica, Venice Beach, that's pretty good too. Um, I mean, these are the mainstream ones that – but you see a lot when you do that. Then you go to San Francisco, you run over the bridge to, like, Marin County or you – you do the – through around the piers or into Golden Gate Park. They're big on Strava, and but they're the cool spots that you would probably go and check out even if you weren't running.
0: Yeah, kill two birds
2: with one stone. Did so I uh, tell you, boys, the time I did a session around the Colosseum in Rome. Did you? Down there. They yeah, down there about them, like – like, no like at, was It was at night. Yeah, it was like cobblestones, but because it's oh, – I reckon it was about 400 metres around. Like it wasn't that – yeah, it wasn't that far, but it was – uh yeah – iconic place to do a tourists session
0: tourists going everywhere though would have been messy
2: no not, no because it went
0: like it was late out late at night I think it
2: wasn't too bad okay
0: I don't
1: know about that croaks
0: what's the Ooh. best and worst place you've gone for a run when you've been on holidays putting you on oh, the spot uh, here uh, tear garden's pretty good in Berlin that's pretty no good. it's alright it's, it's not place. the best
1: we're talking the best place you've been on a run the tear garden's not it it's close Green Canyon in-
0: Park in Valencia is pretty good. That's a good park. Tell you what's bad, Prague. Too many cobblestones. Like people just mm. on the footpaths. That's a shocking spot for a run.
1: Ran the um the the I think it's called the Path of the Gods or something. In um in Italy down near uh Sorrento area. Like I think it's Positano maybe, and it's it's a trail that goes along the um cliffs. And you get the views of the ocean. That was pretty sick. A lot of tourists out walking on a tight single track. So, not great, but that was pretty awesome area.
0: Bali and Thailand are poor. You haven't tried to run there?
1: Oh, nah. There's shit running there. Yeah,
0: terrible running. East Timor, when I went there, that was hard as well. There's just like no infrastructure to run.
1: What about Matty Gunther went on his honeymoon to the Maldives? You see his Strava the last week? Nah. What's so, that like? So stayed in um, look him up. Stayed in like little villas over the water, on one of those. Oh um,
0: yeah, see those don't you?
1: <laughs> ran up and down the fucking deck every day for half an hour at six o'clock in the morning, don't waking you coach him up. Coach
0: him, couldn't you just give him a week off for his honeymoon?
1: Oh, I did give him a week off. He wanted to do this. This was his decision to do this. You got to get away from the wife at some point, oh, sure. Yeah, it
0: doesn't look good, does it? <laughs> just up and down.
1: And it, like someone commented, like oh, I bet all the other people loved hearing some fucking idiot running along their deck at six o'clock in the morning when they're on their honeymoon. Andy
0: Buchanan, nice loop, just goes up and down. Yeah,
2: Switzerland's nice for run. I did a session in Interlaken by this like you know the um, you know how the the rivers that come from like glacial water are that really different sort of blue. I remember doing a session, like running along this river in uh, Interlaken. and that was pretty amazing.
0: It was a good so. park in Canada. Have you guys been to Vancouver? Stanley Park? You've never
2: yeah, been to I've Canada. Run there before. That's
0: a good park, yeah. I like
1: that. That is a good spot to run, and there's like a track in there, I think. Like, oh, maybe. Yeah, I think there is a track in there. Got the seawall,
0: uh, don't you? You can go around the outside too.
1: Yeah, but there's trails through the middle. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Spot.
0: Anyway, that was a bit down a rabbit hole. Moose on the loose, perch of the week. Rules of Strava, oh, what do you got? I that, had a crack. I just want to say, before we move on, that video that's doing the rounds on um, Instagram at the moment that we're talking about at the very start of the show, my phone has not stopped sure. to lighten up. And like everyone goes, you've probably seen this already, but Moose would love this. And I'm like, yes, we've seen it. Thank you for all the people sending it through. Mate,
1: I'm about to write back to one bloke and be like, yeah, you're number 400, good job. <laughs> yeah. But I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> just like the Peter Bowl news. My phone has, n- has never seen that sort of action on Friday night. I was coming home from like I'd, I was still at work and we were pretty busy and I get one notification and it's like Peter Bowl got done for EPO and I was like, what? Hmm. And then I'm like, I have to serve the next person. I'm like, no, 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 I have to learn about this. <laughs> I have to learn what's going on. This, you can't just drop that on me and then I go back to work. Do you think it will
0: go down as one of those moments? Like, can you remember when, like, Princess Diana died? And you can remember, yeah, I remember. where you were? Yeah, so do I. I remember.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. Do you think this will be like that?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. Not even close to that, but I love that you said that. I'll ask me. you in
0: 10 years when we're up to right? <laughs> <Episode>, like, episode 1,423.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, move on of uh, Yeah, so... I've just started this book. You know Steve Scott, the miler? Yep. i got to pull the quote up. I've I got, got to... the
0: book, I reckon. It's got a green front cover.
1: Yeah, Steve Scott, the miler. Um, I want to see the blurb on it because I know it pretty close. I know like the... He um... used you know? to
0: race in Big Sunnies, didn't he? The miler, this? America's legendary runner. Oh, you got it with you? Uh, it's in the bookshelf. No, not here, but I just Googled it.
1: Yeah, I, I just want to use – I just want the blurb because he said this quote and I read it and I'm like, I fucking love that. Um, it's something like uh, – I haven't read the book, to be honest, so I can't tell you. Much. I've read about five pages. Um, but the blurb, he said something. it said something like, said something like um, I do countless amounts of sprints and then I run 20 miles. Um, I know that I'm going to hurt in races, so I, I train in pain all the time, or something along those lines. And it got me thinking, and I'm like, everything that I see at the moment on Twitter, Facebook, all the coaches out there that think they're fucking geniuses, everyone's telling you how to recover better, whereas the old athletes, they're telling you, no, you've got to fucking hurt harder. You've got to train and practice being in pain, simulating races. You've got to put yourself to the sword and feel what it's like and decide if you want to be there or not. And you've got to callous yourself to that pain. Yet if you you go and look at these new, like, new wave of coaches they're like oh no you better not do that we better sleep more or we better recover more or we do this or we do that and we don't actually train harder and and every single old school book that i read whether it's co Ovette, uh like the best of like the older school one charlie spedding and um buddy edel and these these guys just trained really really hard um bill rogers the same. It, Frank shorter the the books are, they, they no one no one dances around the fact that these guys were out there, and a lot of the time they might be doing reps that were outside the fucking pace range that they probably should have been, but they loved it, and they thought, this is what I need, I need to train harder, and they got better because of it and and i I'm just reading this book like, you know what? I need to probably do some harder shit right now. Every time I go for a run, I think, oh, recover better. Don't leave your heart rate zone. Oh, you better run flat today. That's not the fucking attitude that we should be going into hard like tr- training with. Always trying to take the gentle, soft option. I think we've just got in a habit of doing that. I think sometimes we need to approach a session and be like, you know what, I'm going to stay with that guy in front of me. The guy that's 10 seconds faster over 5k i'm gonna fucking dust him today or on a long run at the 20k mark get to a hill and think yep i'm testing it today i'm going up this hill as hard as i fucking can i'm going to burn some blokes or some girls like we're going to make this long run hard from now on to the finish i'm going to push it a bit what do you guys hmm. think about that
0: i think it's time and place you can't be. Oh, no, you're
1: one of these fucking uh, soft coats. I reckon I ex-
0: you are. I explained my week about I had that extra gear to go with Archie, and I'm like, this is not the time and place to do it when I'm rebuilding fitness. But I agree. I'll, I like as I've done monofart like ten days out from a 10k race, going, we're gonna feel hurt today because you're gonna feel it in ten days' time. And there's long runs where you have got to be time on your feet, and there's other ones where you get rolling and you start, you know, you start clipping along, okay. But you can't go doing what you're saying. Every workout, every long run—that's where people get injured, and it's not sustainable. And these guys writing the books—they're the—they're the ones that make it. There might be twenty other guys who are trying to do training like that that end up broken and aren't writing books.
1: It's a good point. It's a good point that you make. They make it. Mm. But do you want to be someone who makes it? Mate, I've got two
0: sashes be... in my shed. I've already made it.
1: <laughs> do you want to be the guy who runs two nineteen and sits at home and goes? I'd better not go over my heart rate yeah, today.
0: It's, well, I don't even wear a heart rate <laughs> monitor, but you know what I mean. There's times to push and there's times to not push.
1: I, I know. I think you need to re- recognize that that's, that's important. But then also um, like jogging on easy days is a consistent factor within these groups. Like they jog, most of them jog pretty easy. and But but there's also this this little thing that keeps popping up. It's like, yeah, we fucking went hard today. I was cooked. And it worked, and like I got better from it.
2: I'm gonna um, remind you of this chat, Moose. Next time you have a go at me about my Sunday long run, oh, oh, perfect example.
1: Perfect example. Yeah.
2: yeah. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm a bit old school. I haven't haven't made it, but I've got old school mentality.
1: Well, you've been doing fucking treadmill thresholds. And, <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I don't. I think you've changed too. Well, you got
2: in my head. I'm sick of sick of you giving me shit every Sunday <laughs> <laughs> about my long run.
1: What about I? Uh, <laughs> Like, I think I'm going to use MTC in his example, Melbourne Track Club. They got some good... They got Jack Reiner. They got Rose Davies. Well, not... Sort of Rose Davies, right? Scott Westcott coached. Um, they've, But they've got Rainer, Brett Robinson, Sinead Diver. They train hard. Like, you talk about the Waverly sessions they do on Tuesdays. Like, you... you I mean, on Thursday or Tuesday, whatever you do. They're, they're pretty difficult sessions. Then they go to Wattle Park and it's a really hard hill workout. Um, and their thresholds aren't like easy. They do like 30 minute plus thresholds that are continuous. They don't break them up into intervals. Uh, like those guys train pretty hard. And when and great example, yes, some don't make it. Some fall off and, and can't keep up or they get in continual injuries. And, and let's use a like, perfect example. You've got Joel Tobin-White, gets injured a lot, can't really handle that type of approach, uh, maybe will never make it like his training partner, Brett Robinson, housemate, podcast host, obviously responds really well to it with his success over both, well, in all distances really, but um, especially the marathon and the half marathon.
2: I look at it the other way, though, with some of those guys' moves in that you look at how fast they're doing their 30-minute threshold compared to what they race a half marathon at, and it's actually, compared to probably the average person, pretty controlled.
0: Yeah, that's threshold's the easier bit. I think a lot,
2: yeah, whereas I think a lot of people, though, do thresholds, and they finish them, and it almost feels like a race effort, whereas these guys are doing it like six, six, seven Mm -hmm. seconds a case slower than their half marathon pace.
1: Yeah, and also in the Tuesday sessions, the fastest guys often stay with the, the second pack guys. Mm. So perhaps not the best example is the most successful crew there are actually training with, with those that are less successful who are having to keep up with them. Um, so maybe not the best example. However, I still uh, I stand by it. I stand by that sometimes we need to get out of the thinking of babying everybody and
0: and you're talking about professional athletes though like 99 of our listeners have got families and going to work and don't have the same recovery time those guys have either like if you want to be sustainable in the sport and enjoy it and not be tired do not do what moose has just explained i can't
2: wait for the next the next month we had all these messages probably saying oh listen to episode 273 and
0: Got I got up and about
2: up, I got up and about after Moose's Moose on the Loose and just letting you know I'm yeah, busted.
0: Yeah. All these 40 minute 10K guys are doing their long run <laughs> at 350 pace this weekend. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm here to present a different point of view. And and a point of view that's had that's provided a lot of success for people in the yeah. past. However, these are old men talking in these books. And everyone knows. Everyone knows them that's right. It's pre very, pre-G,
2: yeah, pre GPS.
1: Yep, exactly. When they ten opposite. when their ten mile
2: runs were actually ten K.
1: Yep, and the four hundreds become instead of sixty twos, oh yeah, sub sixty every rep, no worries. <laughs> I would do this thirty K run over the hills and I was finishing in three tens. Were you though? So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just throwing it out there. I reckon that sometimes we need to harden up a little bit and our entire focus of what we're doing shouldn't be around recovery and, and keeping injury-free. Like, I think we've got a little too obsessed with that and uh, we need to, to sometimes shift our gaze a little higher. Just push go, the envelope a bit now and then
0: you reckon. You, gonna...
1: know one,
2: you know, one person you haven't mentioned in this chat who, like this – um, is to a T. Um, Derek Clayton, he trained oh,
1: hard. He
2: wasn't afraid yes, of an injury. Yeah.
1: That <laughs> no, his surgeon knows that quite well. Yeah. Is it like nine surgeries or something? But true. look how
2: far ahead of his time he was.
1: Yeah, and he, his training logs are scary. Like he's going to, and that's a man that Brady. Brady. Yeah. This Derek man Clayton. went to work every day. Mm, every day. Long hours. He yeah. was working a shitload, and then he would finish off and go out and run like a ten mile run in fifty three minutes every night. Mm.
2: You make some valid points, Moose, but it's very much against what you have been saying for the last sort of five years. But yeah, I, I, I know, but I'm just
1: trying to stir the pot a little bit. Mm. That's a good yeah.
0: conversation. I've enjoyed it. I
1: think yeah, the I will
0: get a bit out of it,
1: and and I like it. it. It makes me feel good to finish a long run knowing that I pushed it.
0: Or can can somebody
2: somebody record that bit and just send it back to Moose? I love pushing a long run and be on like
0: a loop. But (laughs) it it goes back to listening to your body though. On the days where you feel like you got that bit of pop in your legs, you can push it and just don't even look at your K splits.
1: Yeah, experience But helps not forcing that. it. You're
0: not forcing it. Sometimes my okay. people write in, to people I coach go, oh, I went a bit quick today on this or that. I'm like, as long as you're not forcing that, I'm all good if you're st- you know, skipping along a bit quicker. But no, it's when you're it, chasing the it's... pace on your watch and you're going, I want to average four tens. No, that's not good.
1: Yeah, that's not – that isn't good. I'll pay that. But inexperienced runners need more direction. They shouldn't be given this sort of license that an experienced runner should be given.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Good chat. What's coming up, boys? Croaks, what are you doing? You're going back to work, doing some sessions, getting ready yes, for Bathurst.
2: Yeah, it's ACT, um, ACT Champs this weekend, so I might go out and watch. We'll see.
0: Jeez, he's really getting everywhere, isn't he, Moose? Back yeah, he's training a man groups, of the people now. Gets down to back. I did. I was trying to, trying to be wrong, more yeah. social this year. Do you, think, you just got to relax, though. It's got to be consistently. You can't tick it all off in yeah. Jan and then do nothing for the next I'll 11 be, months. <laughs> I'll be burnt out by March. Yeah. Moose, what are you
1: doing? Uh, I've got country champs in Geelong this week, so I'm going down with a marquee for Thursday. Well, Australia Day, so one-on-one appointments. If you still a few left, if you want, and then Friday going down uh, with the marquee, going to sell spikes down at the track all Friday, all Saturday. So long day down at Landy Field. If you Bendigo people there,
2: Maurice, I've seen you advertise those one-on-one appointments for about six weeks now. You're saying there's <laughs> still some available. Well, I, I, don't, it, I don't believe that. I thought it would be like a bloody Elton John concert going in 30 minutes.
1: I, I don't work much. I've only got four spots, and I've only, there's only three people who have taken it. So there's one spot left, but there's, um, the, the, the country champs have 900 entrants, Brady.
0: Oh, do they? Yeah, that's good.
1: Who's, who's going
0: to win the 5K?
1: Oh, no. People love Jamie...
0: the Vic country champs.
1: Jamie Cook would be going for title number 15, I reckon. I
0: reckon, they, I reckon they're getting a lot of people, Metro people now. As well, 40%. 40%. Who, oh, is it? Okay, yeah. Who just like, we want to race. Like, oh, there's this race on, we can do it.
1: Yeah, it's on um, Thursday night, the 5K. Oh, is that Thursday? Yeah. How so we... it's on the January 26th evening, which is the public holiday.
0: Traditionally, it was on the Friday night, then the 15th. Yeah. Remember, but... I did it last year, 5 and the 15th.
1: No, I don't remember. If you
0: don't know, if you're gold and silver. Got to hand over that title to someone this year. Hope it is a beast, Jamie Cook. He's running well. Broke the park run record in Bendigo on um, Saturday morning. 1530 or something. I think he ran on a pretty tough course.
1: I, he's a Hall of Famer at the Country Champs, mate.
0: Got a few medals, yeah. I don't know if the Bendigo boys are travelling down to um, Geelong, though, this year. Could be cool. a local winning that Yeah,
1: not sure. Yeah, we got Lockie Doak in there. He yeah. ain't going to win it. Fuck, I hope he doesn't. That is a sad day for the Country Champs, it's Lockie <laughs> Doke. Sorry, Lockie. Like, I love you, but it's a sad day if you're winning the country
0: I'm yeah. Moving on. Caitlin Adams interview, boys. Talked to her last ooh, Friday, I think. So, like, just a bit, maybe five days after she secured her singlet, her bib, her whatever spot on the um, Australian team for the World Cross Country Champs. Lovely person. Hadn't met Caitlin before. She did say she'd run with you down there, Moose, in Anglesey.
1: Not yeah, sure dropped there on a the long run. Dropped there. Yeah.
0: She said that, I think, off air, maybe. Not sure. Not sure if you know her croaks. Not a big fan of you after you called her inconsistent last week. She was no, trying to lip her. off you uh, off air, which is always good when people do that.
1: That's a sign of a good person if they lip off croaks.
2: <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I, said,
0: I said she was very good. On her day, she can beat anyone. Yeah, she uh, she's running well at the moment. 8.55 PB for three fifteen twenty nine for five thirty two twenty seven on the road for 10. Interesting. She's in an interesting situation because she's kind of qualified for this World Cross uh, team. She qualified in two thousand nineteen as well, but the jump now to try and get to a World Champs track and field or an Olympics is um, it's 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 within reach. It wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if she makes that jump. But it was just kind of interesting talking to her about how she possibly goes about that and the importance of chasing points. Um, and yeah, her so goals she ran and it, what she does. She ran
1: at Denmark. Brady yeah she did yep what'd she
0: come nah uh, she wasn't that good at Denmark I do say she we speak about it and she was a bit disappointed about it because she Over did 100
1: or under 100 uh, she was
0: 69th actually I do remember that um, 69 yep but she was the sixth Australian after coming second at the trials um, so we spoke about like what she's gonna learn from that to to make sure she implements there um, yeah I think she was yeah she talks about her goals can't remember off the top of my head but I think she was talking you know an A plus day would be top 30 Um, but yeah lovely person it was great to meet her great to chat with her hopefully uh, listeners get a bit out of this and then if they get to Bathurst they know a bit about her on on the course and can give her a big cheer in the Australian kit let's wrap it up boys do it all again next week have a good week see you later
1: bye bye bye
0: This week's guest on the Inside Running Podcast last weekend booked her ticket to the World Cross-Country Championships by finishing third at the Australian Cross-Country World Championship Trials. She's a winner of the Bernie 10k, the Noosa Bolt and the Melbourne Marathon 10k on the roads. Welcome to the Inside Running Podcast, Caitlin Adams.
3: Thanks for having me, Brady.
0: Thanks for coming on. Short notice, Caitlin. I'll let the listeners know. I think I messaged you yesterday on a Thursday and (laughs) on a Friday, we're kind of having this conversation. So thanks for coming on so close after uh, the World Cross Country Trials. You must be stoked with that result last weekend.
3: Yeah, I'm really happy with it. Um, That race has just been something that's been on my mind essentially since I made the team in 2019. And the last two years, it's really ramped up. Obviously, it was postponed a couple of times because of COVID. But It's been like the major goal and I sort of went into that race going far out. This field is incredible. Like the women that I'm running against, this will probably never happen again. It's quite amazing. But um, in my mind, I was pretty confident. Like I had that top three goal and I just knew that I, I don't know, I probably wouldn't have told many people but deep down I was like I think like I'm so motivated I know that I'm going to get this automatic spot but you just never know like I said the girls that are running out there are just high class and they've been to world championships Olympics so forth so um, it's really been nice this week to just like reflect on actually having tick that up tick that off and and really think to myself wow I, I actually made that work and I can just look forward to going to Bathurst and get my family and friends there which would be awesome
0: yeah it's funny you say that like you didn't tell too many people about it and I think I've heard people comment that it was a bit of a surprise that you were I think people probably thought maybe the three through to six you might have been a bit further Oh, sorry the four through to six but when you look at the stuff you've done over cross country like you were second Australian at the trials in 2019 you've been to a world cross country champs before um, I think you were second and third at a national cross. Like obviously you're good at cross country and um, you're back to self going in there.
3: Yeah and I kind of liked it that way that I was a little bit more of an underdog in other people's eyes and I, I should be as well. Like like I said, the, the women that were running have done a lot more than I have ever done so we've, we have to respect that but I just trust myself on a cross country course. I'm a bit more of a grittier sort of aerobic type athlete and I know that I really enjoyed the Stromlo course last time. It's just really easy under the foot. You don't sort of have to worry about where your footing is. I knew that I wanted to go pretty hard from the gun or sort of control the race a bit. I find that my best results often come from when I'm a bit um, gutsier with my race plan and, and go to the front and I can sort of take whatever line I want to and push the pace and try and sort of break up the pack whereas some races I mean zadapec obviously wasn't a, a good result for me at all but when I tend to sit back and and let it play into other people's hands I, I just get a bit lost and and detached from the pack so I was really happy with how I went about it I just let, left nothing to chance and I would have been you know, pretty happy to do that and give it everything and if I just missed out of the team, at least I would have been happy with the way I ran it. But I'm really stoked that it actually resulted in an automatic position.
0: Yeah, and it looked like it just looked like such an aggressive race. Like you spent some time at the front when Rose was at the front, she was trying to it just looked like she was trying to drop people around every single corner. And then it kind of strung out a bit and it just you almost all held your same positions. And then I was watching the drone footage at home, like around that last bend you could see Izzy kind of getting closer and closer to you. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be... And then they kind of cut away and we didn't see it until we actually hit the line. But you must have found another gear in that last 100, 200 metres to really lock away that, um, that last oh, that automatic spot because I think people looking at that footage might have thought that um, Izzy would come straight over the top of you in that last couple of hundred metres.
3: Yeah, I certainly was worried about that as well. I think um, I had a lot of my friends and family at home pacing around (laughs) the living room watching that footage. Um, I knew that people behind me were definitely coming and I was trying my hardest to really ramp up that last kilometre. And you sort of have those switchback turns and it it sort of gradually climbs the last kilometre. So it's pretty tough, um, tougher than what it looks like. So I was really trying to focus on Leanne because I think about a K and a half to go, I sort of found myself bridging the gap towards Leanne, like not getting too close, but definitely closer. And I thought to myself, like, I need to focus on her in front because if I'm worried about what's going on behind me, I don't think that necessarily results in getting the best out of you. Whereas if I'm chasing someone, um, it's going to feel better you're going to get a little bit more out of yourself that was that's was what I was thinking mentally anyway, so I just tried to focus on Leanne as much as I could, and then, with about three hundred to go, I heard Isaac Kane, so he's my teammate and my housemate, and he was cheering for me he's such he's so loud and boisterous, <laughs> which is awesome but when I heard him in the final sort of 400, 300, the tone in his voice, I thought, okay, yeah, this is serious. There's an emergency there. Yeah, yeah. When he was screaming at me, I'm like, I need to like really ramp this up. And then I sort of had a quick look behind me. I know you're not really meant to do that when you're racing, just... Eyes eyes on the prize, eyes in front, but I did sort of have a bit of a turn and a glance behind me and I saw Izzy just like rearing behind me there, which kinda of like terrified me a little bit. So I just I really I can't even remember the last two hundred meters. I was just focused on that finish line and I don't know if the footage showed, but I just crossed it and collapsed to the ground yeah, just like with yeah. the enormity of the the whole result and completely putting everything on the line
0: there it kind of looked like everyone did as well i think you know when izzy came over she hit the deck and ali was on the ground as well in sixth spot there like um which is just i was comparing the times to when you came second australian charlotte Purdue won it but you were second behind melissa duncan in 2019 you ran 35 that day and then you ran 33 mm. 46 same course same distance a minute 14 quicker um yeah so it just shows the quality of people who showed up this time and the style of racing i guess when it was aggressive from the gun
3: yeah absolutely i was pretty shocked by that stat as well it wasn't until like a couple of days after i thought oh i'm actually going to compare this just Mm. out of curiosity so it's amazing like the level that you know us females have jumped to in the last couple of years and what it takes to actually make an australian team now
0: so you had this week uh pretty relaxed tickets booked uniforms getting measured up all the other things we're still waiting it's um yeah friday 1 p.m and we haven't heard who the other three are yet but hopefully we hear that soon and then how excited are you about a home world cross country like you got to do it in 2019 in denmark and now it's 2022 australia or 23 sorry i'm still it. 22 <laughs> years
3: yeah super stoked this was probably the main reason why this race was so big in my head and you know my coach Adam and I had really put an asterisk against this race for so many years it was it was the main goal and that was probably because we're not really going to get this opportunity again I know we've got Brisbane Olympics in a few years in Australia but in terms of like a world championships and a cross country which is I think you know, really blue collar, and everyone gets around. It. It's a great spectator sport. This won't happen again, and so I was like, I need to, I need to be on this Australian team. Like, I'm going to do everything that I can, no excuses. So, that's probably why I was just so like tunnel vision on the weekend. So yeah, it's it's really great to be able to just start training now and looking forward to that event. And we know that the course is going to be, you know, ten times harder than what Stromlo is, and it's going to be a little bit awkward underfoot. So, um, training definitely hasn't. Well, Adam hasn't given me much of a rest this week it's just really like straight into it like we need to hit this hard and and be ready for a result that I can be proud of
0: yeah take us back to like so the zatapec result I think you said you're a bit disappointed the seventh place there 33 18 um what did you guys do in training then to shift the confidence because a lot of those girls who you were racing with in the lead pack were you know fair way in front of you at that that night and then You've come out and, you know, shifted that confidence. What have you done in training to to get on this start line, knowing that you can go head-to-head with them?
3: Yeah, I mean, um, leading into Zatapek, I was definitely feeling pretty confident. Like, I had some great results in the second half of 2022, including that Melbourne 10K, National Cross, City to Bay second, and then winning Noosa Bolt and sort of really putting my hat in the ring and, and going head-to-head with some of those top women. Um, so I was really confident going into Zadapec. I did unfortunately get COVID for the second time um after Nusa, so that was that was from Nusa and then I was a bit worried about that but um essentially after I recovered I was back into training and almost had gone to a new level. So that was really surprising. Um so between Nusa and and Zadapec I had a really great training block and um had some really good training partners out with the group and it, things were looking pretty positive but Yeah, I'm not too sure what happened with Zatopec. I did sort of go into that week feeling a little bit off. And I didn't know if it was just nerves or me sort of putting a lot of pressure on myself. But I did feel like I was getting slightly sick going in, like I started to, uh, my sinuses and and throat were a a bit sore. And I thought, I don't know, is this a COVID thing where you're more susceptible to getting sick in the first, you know, month after it. Um, So I was a bit worried about that. And then the race was going on and I just didn't feel in control. I didn't feel like I could match any moves or or finish strong. Like I just felt sloppy really. Um, And I don't really have an excuse for that. And unfortunately 10K for me sort of feels a bit like a a beast that I haven't been able to, to overcome yet on the track, Um, on the road. I love it. And I just, I love getting in with, you know, big packs of men and, and just like, again running any line on the road and feeling really fast but unfortunately 10k on the track for me has been a bit more of a, a challenge maybe mental now because I haven't really nailed one and I find the laps a bit intimidating so I think this year before we go into zatopec again I really almost need to do like a if it's just a state chance 10k on the track and just sort of Um, the monkeys on my back a bit just get that off and and go in with a bit more confidence so after that race I just knew it wasn't a reflection of what like how training had been going and how I felt like I'd gone to a new level so it was pretty easy to just like be disappointed but forget about it in a way because I didn't want it to impact my um, confidence for worlds I was sort of thinking I know I'm a different athlete that was just a an outlier of a race so I need to just like forget about it. Um, And then I actually had some really good sessions. I've been training with Jess a fair bit. um, And we've been doing a lot of, you know, long fartleks together, ranging between sort of eight to 10 Ks. And then um, we have a bit of a staple session along the North Adelaide streets, which is um, this rolling, a lot of rolling hills sort of course. And Adam um, gets us to do like a threshold or some sort of fartlek, tempo, um, about 10Ks of work there, and I'd had some really good sessions. So I knew that I was pretty confident on the roads and, um, sorry, over hills and especially if the hills were a little bit spicy or had a bit of a pinch, I was feeling really strong and maintaining my pace there. So there had just been some really long sessions leading into the World Cross Trials that I was really happy with. And, and again, like sort of training had gone to a, another level. So um, I was pretty happy to forget Zadabek and just back myself in from the training that I'd done in the four weeks between the two races.
0: Yeah, well, that shows the maturity, though, because, like, you're right, everything around it um, was amazing, like, the, especially the Melbourne 10K. I remember – I think we had Matt Clark at our live show after the Melbourne Marathon that day and kind of bringing you up as an example because you beat some pretty handy athletes that day as well. And that's not a fast course. And it was a mm. it was 32.27, um, nearly a minute quicker than what you've run on the track. And I remember yeah, saying to him, I'm like, this is yeah, someone, someone to obviously watch here. Um, And let's just, yeah, we'll play the sickness, I reckon, on Zadipec and then not worry about that. (laughs) Crooks and I did have a discussion about this this morning because he called you inconsistent last week on the show, whereas I just think you've had a few outliers here and there. I did hear that and yeah. I thought
3: my mission is to um I thought it was to harsh, prevent Caitlin.
0: that harsh. <laughs> I'm like, look at all the other results she's had. But Croak's a bit of an angry old man that lives up in Canberra, so we've got to
3: And recency bias. It's it's unfortunate that that was one of my latest results. So hopefully we'll just keep moving past yeah, that.
0: <laughs> don't worry about that. Do some long track workouts next before next Adipec, maybe some 20 lapers or something like that. I'm sure Adam, he's the smartest, one of the smartest coaches getting around. I'm sure he'll have something um sorted so that doesn't happen again over the track 10k. But, definitely um, yeah he'll have some prep stuff there as well but the training like what give you some like details you kind of touched on the tempos and the fartleks and stuff over hills but what does it look like a kind of I think you did a workout this morning like so are you guys a Tuesday Friday workout group with a long run Sunday what's a Monday through to Sunday look like
3: yeah so um over COVID we previous to that sort of you know um previous to 2020 we were a three session a week group um, with a long run so you're Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday but then we sort of adjusted it because you know with COVID you weren't certain on any races or what was going to happen so we sort of pulled it back just to minimise sort of injury risk and, and overtraining. Um, and we sort of realised that people are actually responding really well to the two sessions and we were able to increase the I guess the mileage within those two sessions rather than it being sort of three small, um, I guess, six to eight kilometre in total of work, we could increase it to sort of that 10, if not more, um, kilometre yeah, work in that session. So from that point, we've been, yeah, we have our main training sessions on a Tuesday night and a Friday morning. And if you have school or work or whatever it is, um, my partner, Lockie, is also one of the coaches at Team Tempo um, so he coaches a bunch of athletes that are, that help me out in training and um, they will go out on a Thursday night as well um, and then we'll have our long run on the Sunday which we'll do with the group. So if I go from Monday, I usually do about a 60-minute run in the morning and 30 minutes in the afternoon um, and then gym if I make it down <laughs> down to gym because it can be pretty hard with school. The school that I work at is in the opposite direction. So yeah, I try to get some some gym in on the Monday. Um, and then Tuesday I'll do a 30-minute double run in the morning and then at night we'll go to McKinnon Parade, which is a pretty popular running spot in Adelaide. It's kind of like the equivalent to Melbourne's The Tan, um, about 2.2 kilometres on a fairly sort of flat, um, grated path.
0: That's so- the one of all the photos. Whenever I see like Team Tempo training in like a park setting, that's like the Instagram location that
3: would be the one yeah yeah definitely big shady trees and and stuff yeah 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 Yeah. it's an awesome location and it's pretty central and also recently they've added a grass track um on one of the infields there so it's it's pretty awesome like depending on our middle distances or uh, middle distance athletes up to sort of marathon you can you can do lots of different training sessions there and everyone's in the one location so um, yeah Tuesday nights will be sort of your typical like eight by a K or long reps mixed with short reps um, I really love the eight by a K session that's probably like a, a favorite of mine or mile reps whatever it may be off um, 60 or 90 seconds da- what do
0: you do for recovery off the case
3: um, it does vary uh, Adam does like a sort of fart type session with kilometers so For example, every second kilometre rep might be like a 400 off, 400 um, on sort of style. Or if it's just flat out K reps, it might be like 90 seconds recovery. And often we all hate it, but often he gets us to jog back to the start. So it feels like a bit of a um, continuous effort because you no sooner sort of finish the kilometre rep and then you're jogging for about 200 metres to get back to – the starting point um, and go again. So I usually like to do those um, between sort of 3.05 to 3.15, depending on if he wants them to be more threshold or sort of push it a bit. So lately I've found that they've been – I've been really loving them and sort of going sort of 3.10 average or quicker, which has been good. So like
0: in between – for the listeners, like in between a 5K and 10K kind of effort in the middle there? Like if you were to race a 7K kind of intensity?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And then, yeah, we might do some like 200 reps or 400 reps or something after. Um, So Wednesday will be just a 90-minute run, um, midweek long run, and usually that's when I put you guys in my ears. (laughs) Yeah. And is that (laughs) that morning
0: or afternoon?
3: Um, Well, when I'm working, it'll be in the afternoon and we usually go as a household. So like I said, I live with um, Isaac and – my partner, Lockie Scott. Um, so, yeah, we like to get out together and just do like an easy sort of recovery run because we're usually all pretty sore from the session. Yeah. and, and yep. uh, Yeah, but in the holidays, it's been good getting out and getting that done in the morning.
0: Yeah, and you're pretty chilled out with pace on that one off the back of the workout or you, you get moving a bit?
3: Pretty chilled out with pace. Like we'll usually start pretty slow, like co- closer to your sort of five minute. Um, per K and then we'll move it down to like 4.30s. But yeah, it, especially when we're working and having like a harder sort of session the night before, um, like the Tuesday night, like I said, it'll probably be eight to 10 kilometers of work. Um, yeah, we we just take it pretty cruisy rather than um, pull up sore for the end of the week. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Thursday? Thursday um, will be an, like similar to my Monday. It'll just be sort of Fifty thirty 30 or 60, 30. Um, so morning and afternoon runs. That's usually one of my easier days. Um, and then Friday morning, we'll be back out at McKinnon. We've actually had a track upgrade in Adelaide. So maybe that was another reason for Zatapak as well. I didn't actually, I got on the track once between June and the Zatapak race because it's been Relayed, So we are now implementing more track work. Like every second Tuesday we're getting out on the track. Um, But, yeah, because we've been focusing on Zatapek and World Cross, I've just been doing like really um, high mileage-based sessions. So, yeah, Friday morning will be uh, those sessions, like the long sort of fartleks around McKinnon Parade or um, on those sort of rolling hills in North Adelaide
0: i reckon there's something in that for sure like where, where i live we've only got a grass track and i think it's like you can put the spikes on the grass track but it just doesn't give you the same stimulus as the synthetic track and i think then you get to the the all-weather ones and it's just the calves and everything this fear it just feels harder and tighter and um especially when you're using the super shoes on the other days of the week uh, yeah i think you almost need to practice on the synthetic tracks before you're racing on them a bit more these days
3: Definitely, definitely, and it's like I said for me, it's that mental, just like ticking off laps as well. Mm. Like I can go out around like a a loop, two k loop, and it's fine. But when you get on the track, you you really need to sort of focus on the pace because you slow down a little bit, and suddenly that's you know four seconds or yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so Friday. We'll do that this morning I had a pretty big session, so I did about eleven and a half ks of work so as I said <laughs> no rest um Adam sort of got me to do like a five k uh tempo threshold with max Stevens he jumped in with me for that and then I did three by a k um between about three eleven and three thirteen pace. And then four by 400, um, and the Ks and the 400s were on the grass track and the 400s were about 71 to 73. So nothing too spectacular, still sort of feeling the race a little bit in the legs, but I was pretty happy to get that done. It was a lot of volume. Yeah. Um, and then I'll do a double run this afternoon, so another 30 minutes. Um, Saturdays usually are easy rest days. So depending on how I feel from the week, I'll do about 30 minutes to sort of an hour um, and then have the afternoon off and then sunday is our long run so we'll meet as a group um usually in summer we're sort of pretty consistently doing a city loop because it's nice and flat and most people are racing but in the winter we like to get out to kaipo forest or Belair, so um some of the hilly sort of areas in and around adelaide and really nice underfoot sort of almost looks like that sort of flag stuff sort of mm. um feel with the big pine trees and that sort of thing so Yeah, this, sorry, 2022, I started doing two-hour long runs. So as long as I'm feeling good, I'll try and get the two hours out. If not, I'll do about 140 to 145.
0: Yeah, and is there intention around the pace on the Sunday? Like, you know, with the Wednesday kind of coming off the workout, just get 90 minutes in the legs? Or like do you guys skip along a bit more on the Sunday?
3: Yeah, we tend to push it a little bit more. That just sort of happens naturally. Like Adam doesn't specify um any sort of pacing or anything but we it, it probably is always averaging quicker than 420s um sometimes we do have a bit of a scheduled sort of pick up or tempo at the end of a long run um haven't had that for a while but yeah naturally we will sort of um get moving a little bit
0: yeah and this tuesday just gone off the back of the sunday race did you still work out or was that just still recovery time
3: um i was still a bit sore so i just did a 60 minute progressive run so um, Jess came along with that one um, for me, and we just sort of got down to about 340s, 350s. Nothing, nothing too crazy. I was, I was pretty sore. It was only two days after the yeah, yeah. after the race, so yeah, I was pretty happy to just roll the legs out. Which would explain why today was
0: a bit bigger. Like, a, yeah. yeah, yeah, a bit of extra time to recover off the race and then load up the Friday. It's a big week. That must be what 150, 160
3: k's. It works out to be, I don't know why, but I, it's more like one thirty 130 to one
0: thirty five. Maybe it's a chill jogger and that's probably a good thing, yeah.
3: Yeah, I am definitely more of a chill jogger, especially if it's morning and it's, you know, 6 a.m. before work. I'm I'm not pushing the pace at all. So yeah. like we said, that Wednesday run, if, I'm, if we're feeling sore and we're off the back of the work, back of work it's, it's not really worried too much about the pace, it's just getting it done. So, yeah, I probably have – I've been pretty consistent with my weeks the last sort of – you know a couple months it has been up in that 135 mark pretty consistently but i would like to in the future bump that up because i haven't had any major injuries and i'm sort of thinking well why not let's let's get some high mileage going and i seem to respond really well to more aerobic work
0: yeah and the doubles you take pretty easy as well like that's half an hour at close to five minute and four minute pace
3: yeah so probably about six and a half k's yeah all the time yeah yeah
0: Yeah, that's good. That's smart and sustainable as well. It sounds like you could just string a year, two years, three years of that together, Mm. um, as you said, like avoiding injury. Um, Let's go back to 2019 Denmark. So you qualified for the world cross-country champs by coming second Australian, but then you were sixth in 69th position at the world champs. Um, Hilly course. It looked looked amazing, actually, spectacle-wise on the uh, coverage, but it was pretty tough, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, again, that's probably up there with one of my um, more poor results. Unfortunately, you don't want to do that when you are sort of repping the green and gold and and everyone's watching you and getting around you. So that was a bit of a shame. But I think it was just – it was sort of a major breakthrough for me. Like I wasn't a – good junior by any means like I was running the under 23k at zadepec and, and finishing second to last um, every single year and just sort of loving running just loving being involved and participating but certainly not on anyone's radar and then um, between sort of 2017 and 2018 the consistent years just paid off and and I made a bit of a, a jump and a leap in terms of my personal bests and and maybe getting on people's radars a little bit more in terms of um, being able to sort of challenge some positions in national races. And so that 2019 trial was just sort of out of the blue, like I wasn't expecting it. I knew I was going in fit and ready, but really wasn't expecting the second position and the automatic spot. And I think Probably that um, that world champs over in Denmark was just a result of everything being a bit overwhelming, and the course was just the hardest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was muddy. It was you. We were running through uh, pools of water. Then you were running up the side of a of a building, yeah. and yeah, it was it was, sand, it was really it tough. Sand patches. There was sand. Yeah. So I mean, I thought that we prepared pretty well for it, but. You know, obviously something went went wrong there, so definitely going to rectify that this time around.
0: Yeah. So, what about the not so much the running preparation, but the mental preparation? Like, what do you take from Denmark that you can implement for Bathurst? Like, because the pressure is going to be way higher. Like yeah. You're gonna have. I'm sure you got you know busloads loads. Do you drive from Adelaide or you fly? I'm not sure how what's the easiest way from there, but I'm sure there's going to be a stack of friends and family on the sidelines this time compared to Denmark. And the expectations go up another level because it's the second time around. So, like, what things do you look at and go, I need to modify that from last time? or we'll think about this differently.
3: Yeah, so I think um, back in 2019, I probably went out a little bit too hard. Um, I think this time around, I'm really going to pace myself in the beginning, knowing that the course is going to be quite tough um, and work with the other Aussie girls as well. I think it will be good to just, you know, have some familiar um, athletes around and, and work together and then try and hit that last 5Ks pretty hard and just sort of build through the race rather than try and go like a bullet a gate from the start and then tend to blow up. So, I, I do want to take it a bit more conservatively and then come home really strong because, you know, in that race in Denmark, people were coming home really strong and getting, you know, gaining 20 positions. It's pretty easy to do that because everyone was feeling it late. So, I think that'll be a, a strategy that I'll take into. Um, to Bathurst.
0: Have you had a look at the course at all? Like I've just seen the images and the um, the little map they've got going with the the boomerang and the Bondi Beach section, and I think there's a crocodile section there as well. Like, have you had any intel yet about what the footing is going to look like, or where the hills are, or the elevation gain, or anything like that?
3: No, I haven't seen anything yet. Um, like I've just seen the photos, so I'm sure once we know more about the course, Adam will have a pretty pretty clear plan on what our tactics will be but yeah we're certainly going to be getting out onto some uh, cross-country loops in Adelaide and and getting the spikes on and just doing as much prep as we can.
0: Did you want to race um, the trials there? Like I thought it was a missed opportunity given just how hard world cross-country courses are like to get one run on it before the actual race I think would have been a valuable experience.
3: Yeah definitely I mean I do really like the Stromlo course because I have done quite well on it in the past but Um, in terms of preparation I know why they I understand why they didn't hold it at Bathurst in terms of Mm. the cost and the logistics and getting there but it would have been awesome to to do it and just to know what we're in for and and what sort of parts of the course we need to focus on just like a bit of a dress rehearsal so yeah it's a shame that we didn't get to do that for the trial
0: yeah I'm sure the documentation yet given though will be much better than the other countries and like with the other countries do you um like, do you get intimidated by some of the, like, it's they say it's the hardest race in the world, like, and you're <laughs> the one on the start line. Like, there's going to be, like, G'day said she's coming. We're talking about a low 14-minute lady, a, a 2.16 marathoner. Like, it's do you get, look at some of these names on the start list and think, oh, this is the same start line, or is it more like it's an opportunity to beat some of these people?
3: Yeah, a bit of both. Like, you know, definitely pretty intimidated, but also sort of starstruck as well that we yeah. are going to be on the start, same start line together. Um, but also just try and you know get some scouts I think yeah. even though my race was pretty bad in 2019 I, I did beat Courtney Frerich so uh that's take the that. one time we've raced each other we're 1-0 <laughs> so I'll take that um, but yeah no I think I think it's just going to be awesome to have them there and I'll be super excited to have them in my company. So, but yeah, definitely kind of intimidating, but we'll try not to worry about what, what they're doing and stick to the race plan.
0: Yeah. Do you have a position goal? Like, have you got something written somewhere and you're like, okay, this is where I think I should be coming in?
3: I mean, ideally I'd love to be, I'd love to be getting that top 30 position. I think that it's definitely within my reach. So um, I'd be I'd be happy. I feel like a a B a B plus would be like a, you know maybe a top 40 top 35 and then sort of that a would be top 30 top 25 and then a plus would be top 20 so yeah. yeah i i think top 30 would be the goal
0: and like people you look up to who could be potentially in the race like have you got one or two that you like i hope that person comes to race it could be from any country like they most of the teams haven't picked their full squad yet they're like are you thinking, oh, I'd love to be on the start line or get to shake hands with this person after the race. Have you got any favourites out there who you could potentially be racing with?
3: Um, I do. I love watching well, our whole household really likes watching the Eurocross. Um and is it Caroline Grodville? She's yeah. just Yeah, the way yeah, the Norwegian just the way she goes about cross races, she's just unbeatable and she doesn't matter who rocks up, she she steps on the line and she has her race plan and and just pushes from the gun so i really respect the way that she races so it'd be awesome to see her come over because i think she could be one to really like battle it out with you know some of those big names like g'day um but yeah definitely just a lot of the names that i saw on the euro cross list some of the girls i've raced in the u.s last year um some of the girls from ireland and you know some great britain girls as well who i think are you know around the mark similar to me it'd be awesome to sort of see them out there and use them as a bit of a barometer to, to try and stick with them and, and get some scouts.
0: That's a good answer. We've got a whole lot of Norwegian listeners, so they will love hearing that one of your uh, people you've been <laughs> up to is a Norwegian. Um, take me back to the the Caitlin that was just scraping into, like, national races and finishing near the back. Like, how did you first get into the sport? And then um, you kind of explained that the consistency is, you know, what's made you into one of the best runners in the country. But take me back to those earlier days. Like, what age did you start?
3: Um, so I'm from the country about two hours away from Adelaide on the York Peninsula. So my family still lives there. And I guess there's not much to do there apart from participate in sports. So I was always really big on my netball, tennis, basketball, but through high school, even primary school, I did the long distance events at sports days and sort of realized that this was something that, you know, came quite naturally to me. And then um, at the start of high school, I was Invited to compete in an inter-school competition in Adelaide and then from that Athletics South Australia Invited um, a couple of the first and second place getters to then go to this um, Workshop or like weekend camp in Adelaide and, and meet some high-profile sort of coaches and you know dietitians goal-setting gurus all of that sort of thing just to try and sort of get you into the sport and and progress you and and that's where I actually met Adam Didick so it was after um, you know year eight a race that I did into school met him and sort of just decided like I don't have a coach I, I might as well see what we can do here and get a bit of a correspondence plan going so he coached me all through high school and I stayed in the country until year 12 and then um, moved down to Adelaide in 2016, um, and was pretty fortunate to move in with Jess Stenson and her partner Dylan. So they had a house in North Adelaide, and um, I came on board as I guess the little child yeah.
4: <laughs> felt like housemate.
3: But yeah, <laughs> housemate, and that was when um, Jess was preparing for the 2016 Rio Olympics. So it was awesome to see how she went about things and do some runs with her. And I really learned a lot from that experience. And I had had some success in high school. Like I did manage to make the um, schools cross country team that went to Israel in 2014. So that was another one of those races where I probably wasn't meant to make it and I did. And that was a really cool experience. Mum and dad came over and watched. And so, yeah, I, I knew that I wanted a future in, in running and I didn't really know what that looked like. I I didn't think I was going to really get anywhere super competitive but i just really enjoyed um the solitude of training and and you know training at home on the footy ovals and riding my bike to different training locations and and getting it done i really enjoyed the feeling of pushing myself and then that sort of translated into some better results and then once i moved to adelaide and was able to train with team tempo consistently and see the group all the time um I lifted to that next level because you know training having training partners for the mm-hmm. first time was awesome having someone pushing me um so that was great and then yeah just sort of the years just kept stacking on and and that consistency and the performances kept coming
0: was it um hard to move away from a country town like it's a different Adelaide's not here well, people often say that Adelaide is a big country town but like <laughs> was it um yeah hard to move away from your family and stuff
3: Um, yes and no, I, I guess going through high school, I always knew that I was going to move to Adelaide straight away for university and for running. So I was pretty excited. And also moving in with Jess and Dylan was just awesome. I didn't have to worry about, you know, living in any crazy rentals or having crazy housemates. It was people that were doing the same thing as me and, and were equally as obsessed with running as me. So, and getting the most out of themselves. So yeah, I, I think it was more sort of happiness, but yeah, it was, it was, The first year was hard, and it was a lot of figuring out, and I was only 18, sort of living by myself for the first time. But a lot of my friends were doing the same thing, so I didn't feel alone.
0: Yeah, yeah. what an opportunity, like to be in the right place at the right time, I suppose, for the, the room up for grabs and you slot yourself in and she's going <laughs> to the Olympics and then and then they called you, Jess Denson, for like the first 20 minutes of the race <laughs> coverage on the weekend. So um, it must be strange now, though, when you're toeing the line with her as a genuine competitor, like trying to make the same teams together.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's awesome. Like I think Jess and I have had similar upbringings and, and history in the sport and we're both from the country. And so we sort of, yeah, gravitate toward it, towards each other and we're both run in a similar way in that we're super driven and competitive, but we need like a a good support system around us. Like when I'm running well, it's because I'm running happy and I've got good training partners and my friends out at Team Tempo and, and, you know, uh, my housemates around me and I'm really just loving life. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but that sort of results in good performances for me. And I know the same with Jess. She really thrives. Quite a lot from having a, a strong community around her and her family and and friends and that sort of thing. So we we do lean on each other a bit and we really enjoy catching up for runs on you know our Wednesday long run or Thursday runs and that sort of thing. And um, we're similar in terms of we both sort of love those sort of long reps or longer sessions. And and I just like I learn so much from her and I want her every success. And I think she's exactly the same with me. We just there's no comp- competition there. It's all just um enjoyment and we just want the best for each other in in sports so it's awesome to have her Mm. as that leader and and showing the way for the rest of us
0: yeah well put um the culture in the team it's like every it's almost every year someone just pops their head up and goes okay this person's now pushing for for national spots like we saw it a bit with Isaac when he won a couple of the bigger road races we've seen it with you Maddie Clark Jess has been doing it for years um What do you put it down to? Like, is it that, because it seems like a, from an outsider looking in, it seems like a very friendly, um, we're all in this together. There's no egos. Like we all just get the job done and then put the, put the races on the board. Like, have I kind of got that right? seems like you guys just gel very well and just do your own thing over there and keep your heads down and train hard.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You've nailed it there. Um, You know, Adam is really great with our planning and sort of race schedules and um, programs and that sort of thing. So he's behind the scenes just making sure that we're hitting the right races and doing everything that we can to sort of put our best foot forward to get into a team or or get the result that we want. But really, it comes down to also the, the other people that we have at Team Tempo. Like you said, there's no egos um, everyone's friends like we often have people come around to our house to play board games or you know do a bit of a run club on a Monday afternoon we meet up and it's it's really fantastic like it's not so much the people that you see on the social media all the time like the big names like Isaac and Clarkey and and Jess it's it's everyone else that comes together you know we have some footy umpires that I train with and we have um, just people from all walks of life who are are working and doing similar things but then we all come together and we try and achieve sort of different goals but we really work together and it's there's no better feeling than everyone sort of crushing a session and it, it just feels so good and we're all really close friends so yeah it's it's a really like supportive environment where people have a laugh we're a little bit silly but we're also all really focused and driven and we know what we need to do to succeed
0: yeah and like you kind of explained in your weekly recap, like Tuesday you might have someone jumping in, but then Friday you've got different people jumping in. Like it's – is that pretty constant that it's different people every workout depending on what suits people?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Adam and Lockie will work pretty closely together to make sure that their athletes are doing similar things and, and they'll sort of modify sessions if, um, you know, some are lucky that Lockie's athletes can work with me or, um, you know, I might have Jess jump in to help me or I'll jump in to help her like – we've always got a training partner, which is great. And often some of the boys that are just ahead of me in sessions, like it really gives me a bit of a, um, a dangling carrot to try and catch them. And some of my best sessions have come from, you know, really just sticking on the back of them and and then you get a bit excited and yeah, it's great. Like I really enjoy the people out there and there's always someone to run with and to help push you.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about Caitlin outside of running. So there'll be a lot of people, hopefully we're kind of doing episodes like this, so the people watching you, I think SBS are going to be broadcasting the the race live, but hopefully a lot of listeners are there on course as well. So it's good to know what you do outside of your PBs and your race results. So first year school teacher, just knock that over. Is that right?
3: Yeah, yep. So I graduated uni um, back in 2021 and then 2022 was my first year in the profession so I'm a secondary teacher Um, I'm trained in uh, maths and PE but last year just mostly teaching PE and outdoor ed at the same school so term one I found it a little bit difficult as I told you off air to manage my running and sort of having a contract for the first time and all those things that they don't teach you at uni behind the scenes at school that you have to just figure out Um, sort of had a bit of imposter syndrome going wow like I've been thrown in the deep end here, yeah. but I I had heaps of support and I loved the staff at the school. Um, but definitely I found that I just wasn't getting the results that I wanted in athletics. And at the end of the day, athletics is, is number one to me. Like I'm, I'm doing teaching at the moment just so that I can, you know, help fund myself and, and I like having something else to do as well, but it, essentially my universe revolves around running. So it was kind of disappointing to not get the most out of myself at the, you know, the first half of last year because I found teaching a bit stressful and I was I was a little bit tired and it was athletic season and I was always traveling. So um, that was tough. But then we went overseas. So myself, um, Adam Goddard, Clarkie, Isaac and Max Stevens, um, we went to the US for six weeks. We did a couple of races over there and a training camp in Albuquerque. So that was good just to sort of reset and have my first experience at altitude, And then um, when I came back from that trip i I sort of learnt my mistakes from taking on too much work and just sort of did some relief work to start with and then picked up some small contracts here and there at the same school, but enough to just manage things and really like accent um will sort of help my running rather than be a hindrance so oh, yeah. yeah I think I've figured out that like work running life balance now which is good
0: that's good and what about like other hobbies other than running got time for anything else between running and
3: teaching <laughs> well at the moment I do because I'm on holidays yeah it's a good Plenty time, of the time. Year for
0: school teachers yeah
3: it is it is especially with world cross trials and some yeah. races <laughs> um uh, I guess just like we've been pretty obsessed with board games lately um we have some awesome beaches in Adelaide so I love sort of going out grabbing brunch and heading to the beaches um heading home when I can too I probably don't get home as much as I should but that's always fun and then yeah I like reading and I mean it's pretty busy in our household with the personalities that we have here so uh, we we get up to a lot of mischief and, and a lot of like debriefs talking you know going through every aspect of running so it can be quite intense
0: tell me more about the board games my kids are too young for board games but like are you pulling out like the old like guess who and trouble and monopoly stuff like that or like what gets a good run at your household
3: um, lately we've been pretty obsessed with Exploding Kittens and Secret Hitler, so they sound a bit intense. But, um, Never heard of them. Uh, yeah, so uh, Secret Hitler is one of those games where you've got sort of people on the liberal team and then you've got two fascists and you don't know who's on your team and you have to sort of figure out who's on your team without one of those teams winning if that makes sense. Okay. So it's it's a good like bluffing game. That's how I can describe it. Like it's it's really funny because um, with the different personalities, Isaac's very good at it. But like you can sort of figure out people's strategies and how they bluff and that sort of thing. So that's fun. I'd recommend anyone get that game. <laughs>
0: okay. And books you've been reading? What's been the last couple of books on the hit list?
3: Um, I loved Where the Crawdads sing. And that was made into a movie recently. That's that a, was a great. That's book. a very uh, good
0: book. Movie, yeah. movie, not so good though. You seen the movie?
3: Yeah, I. Well, so Lockie really enjoyed the movie, but he didn't read the book. Whereas I was disappointed because I'd yeah. read the book and it didn't sort of live up to my expectations. On with you on that one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and have been reading a lot of like Colleen Hoover recently. Like Verity, um, that sort of thriller was quite interesting. Um, but I sort of go through phases. I wouldn't mind reading some more sort of running biographies again i I think i go through a lot of those and then i just get all this information about um runners and past athletes and then i just want to go through and read some different books
0: yeah Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. i find it the same like you're reading to relax or like reading to like gain knowledge or motivation or inspiration from like running stuff so yeah sometimes it's a bit too hard to read running stuff if you just want to pick something up and relax and be reading a murder mystery or something like that
3: yeah, Jess has some. Jess has a really good, like, running book library, and she's recommended some books lately um, for me, so I might have to get back onto that and, yeah. yeah I think just the today she put
0: on, like, the uh, Lauren F- Fleshman one. I think she just said yeah. that was, yeah, really good, so that'd be something to look out for.
3: Yeah, definitely on the list.
0: Kaylin, uh, what else in 2023? We did a show at the end of the year. I'm not sure if you listened to it, but we all have to pick a couple of athletes <laughs> each as if, as I did, yeah. as if they're <laughs> stock picks, and um, – you were mine. I hadn't spoken to you, so I'd have no idea what's coming up. But I hope there's. I'm already already paying fantastic dividends from the World Cross Country Trials. Through <laughs>
3: the moon, Brady, Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right.
0: But what's going to come up throughout 2023, race wise?
3: Well, I, I hope I can do you proud this year. Um, <laughs> it's not about me,
0: Caitlin, but I will make it about me. If I it's was good. on
3: Bruce's list last year. So I think the first oh, half, the year, it was probably like, oh, I don't know about this pick. But maybe the second half, I probably just got over the line. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this year is going to be um, pretty fun. Actually, I I have a a lot of you know big goals and pressure on myself. But at the end of the day, I just like to have fun and and see what I can do and how far I can get in terms of teams, PBs, that sort of thing. So um, we're going to do World Cross, and then after that, we'll do the three k at the Melbourne Track Classic. I think there's some big names coming over for that. So. It's unfortunate that it's so close to World Cross, but it, it is mm. it, it is a race that's really important, gold level meet. So we're going to hit that pretty hard too. Um, we'll do the the track season, focusing on some five ks, and then um, Lockie and I will be heading over to Europe in June. So um, he's taken some leave off of school; he's a teacher as well. Um, so we'll be over there for about two to three months, and we're planning on turning it into a bit of a running. Um, and traveling trips so we'll be hitting some of the races over in Europe and just like you know living the life of pro athletes in terms of just training and focusing everything on running so hopefully all goes well in the track season and I can go over to Europe and you know get as close as I can to a qualifier things are pretty fast now they keep dropping the five K qualifiers but I'm hoping to just sort of see how fast i can get and see if that sort of nudges me towards like some sort of selection so that's that's the big goal but yeah we'll see how it goes
0: yeah because the 5k remind me is it 1508 1510 it was
3: 1510 now for world champs i think it's 1457 yeah, okay. um and then for for the olympics it's 1453 or something like that so getting yeah. it quicker yeah
0: so that points are going to be ever so important Hence the reason for the, um, yeah, the Melbourne track 3K.
3: Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, with the five, you want to be targeting Melbourne track and also Sydney with the national 3K champs and then um, national 5K. That'll be sort of the big three in Australia. And then depending on how I'm going after the track season and what what potential I've sort of shown, we'll, we might head over to the US quickly for a race, but every, the main trip will be Europe.
0: Yeah, yep. and then where does Oceania Champs fit in them? Like will you be will you miss them being away? I don't know dates on that yet.
3: Well, I wasn't too sure like when they were. I tried to sort of look up what was going on with that, but I assume they'll be in June again. I yeah. probably will miss them, which will be a bit of a shame because, you know, the points are so big, but I guess if we need to make it work, we'll try and make it work. So, yeah, I just hadn't really got much information about that. So,
0: Which does yeah. make it hard for people in your situation, like trying to, when the times are, like realistically, Jess Hull might be the only person that hits that 5K time. Yeah. And it's it's all about well, trying to find as many points as possible. So having those dates early for you guys to plan your years around is um, ever so important.
3: Yeah, definitely. And then just like the selection criteria and those sorts of things. But yeah. yeah, you're right. It's really, it's going to be with the Olympics and with world champs in Budapest this year, it will just be a, a race to, to the end of the, Um, qualifying period like you really you'll have an idea but depending on your ranking you won't really know until it closes so that's where you know people you know potentially could get burnt out by just racing so much and trying Mm. to chase points so yeah well hopefully we'll do it the smart way and sort of plan some some big races to hit and then see how that goes especially
0: you guys like you're hitting 10k's in december and then world cross trials in jan and world cross champs in feb like you're up for a very long time if you're talking about going through to the end of the qualification period.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think that's why Adam hasn't really introduced really any track with me whatsoever. Like I've been on the grass track at McKinnon, but haven't, you know, stepped foot on the actual synthetic track and doing that sort of fast work i haven't really touched yet so i think that'll serve me well it's almost like we're doing an extended sort of winter season um to make sure that the summer season we don't get too burnt out and obviously we're the main focus is world cross and and getting as fit as we can and and prepared as we can for that so hopefully just the residuals from that will be that we're ready for track as well off of being super fit
0: yeah and let's say Back in Australia, we're not sure what's going to happen on the track throughout 2023, but you get back to Australia October, November. Do we see you potentially step up to like a half marathon somewhere or like the Bernie 10 again and like win a couple of news the Bolt? Like, you've got a pretty good record on those roads from that kind of October <laughs> through to December
3: period. Yeah, I love the roads. I had such a fun time um over the winter season. Like, it's really where my heart is. <laughs> um, so, I definitely think sometime in the future, I'd love to give the marathon a go. Um, I just feel really comfortable on the roads and and training goes really well. So when I am doing that sort of work, but I think, yeah, this year I would like to do the half marathon. I actually sort of considered last year in Melbourne maybe doing the half, but just because we were sort of too close to it, we hadn't really done the work for a half. So I just decided to stick to the 10, but um, I think I could, yeah, focus on a half this year, but definitely, still do those main races like in noosa bernie and city to bay wherever they sort of fit in I'll, I'll be hitting a couple of them if not all of them when i can
0: yeah and one of the last ones from me the asics spike that you're wearing at the moment like one of the side shows we do we do with a guy um toby mende and he raced a 10k in it last week it's a spike without a spike but he reckons yeah. it's amazing like an asics aren't sponsored this show or anything like this and of course you're an asics <laughs> athlete but can you show tell us more about is that what you've been hitting the grass track on and what you wore at World Cross Country Trials on the uh, weekend?
3: Yeah so I wore that spike um, at the trials and pretty much that's really their only long distance spike at the moment but I really like it Um, it's you know it's your typical super spike in terms of it's got the rocker sole it's got the foam the carbon plate but you're right it doesn't have any proper spikes it's just got an aggressive plate um, sort of plastic style plate but it feels really nice on the foot. It's probably the perfect spike for a track 10k, um, just because it's almost a little bit more on, say, the um, racing flat end rather yeah. than a really aggressive spike. Like I think the the Vapor Fly and the New Balance are a little bit more aggressive, so maybe they're a bit uh, like m- more leaning towards like your 1500 or your 5k. But I've really enjoyed the the Asics spike. It's the MetaSpeed LD. Um, what I wore at the trials it feels really good with socks on socks off yeah everyone in our group has been even who the people who aren't with ASICs um, have been opting to wear that spike it's been really popular
0: yeah I've only heard good things well Caitlin thanks for your time Um, listeners get up to Bathurst I think it's Feb or Feb 16th 17th Caitlin you should Uh, know this more than me 18th 18th, something (laughs) like that it's around whatever weekend falls around those high teens there that's when the race is on in action the saturday afternoon get up there get on the sidelines cheer for caitlin she'll be representing australia as best she can see her in person and um yeah massive good luck for the next i suppose it's only what four weeks tomorrow um preparation time so yeah it's going to come around pretty quick and then yeah all the best with the race uh, execution and We've actually got passes to be in the media zone at the end. We've got like all these official stuff. So we're, we're very happy at Inside Running. So we'll see you. See you As right. you guys
3: should, that's all. Yeah, I don't know
0: if we should, but we've, we've oh. jumped, we jumped through some hoops and filled in some forms. So we're going to be there at the finish line. So looking forward to just seeing you in a uh, official capacity in the media mix zone at the end there. Good luck.
3: That'll be awesome. Thank you.
0: Thanks each for your time, Caitlin.
3: Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to Bathurst. See you guys there.
0: Built for speed, made to last the distance. In 2023, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro wants to push you forward to the future. Available now at mizuno.com.au and selected running specialty retailers.